Blog Talk Radio.
so far. I guess I can, but it just seemed like it was never going to get to this place over the last 12 years, and I just want to praise you. I want to praise you, Jesus, for the times and many, 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 uh, man, wow, the unbelievable number of times that you have basically analogously lift, lift, you know, held your hand down into the the well that I had fallen into throughout my walk over the last 12 years and pulled me up, Father, the times that you've held my hand and straightened out my, my uh, path, as it says in Proverbs 3, 5. Father, we just want to thank you. We want to praise you for the days that we're in right now because we're seeing made manifest before our eyes the things that were prophesied 2013, in some cases even before then, about the darkness rising up at the same time as the light, which is captured prophetically in Isaiah 60, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, praise God. And we're, we're actually seeing these things come to pass right now. Um, and it's, it's one thing to have, you know, kind of like a collection of pro- prophetic words, and you, you know what it is that you're looking forward to seeing. You, you, you have a pretty good idea of what ought to be happening and in sort of what sequence it might happen. And you're you're pretty steadfast on on certain things, especially those that are backed by the scripture. Praise God. Thank you, Father. But at the same time, and then of course along that journey we're getting pummeled by fiery darts and earthly and spiritual weapons and principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of sickness that need to be cast into the pit. The holy fire of God I call down upon these animals, these creatures from the bowels of Sheol. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you for bringing us to a place that we can finally see the manifestation of that which we have been talking about fervently consistently, without fail, for over 12, well, again, by July, it will be about 12 years. Father, we don't know how long we have to go, 
But we do praise you for the revivals that are breaking out all over the place, and we pray that you will keep our hearts and our minds away from those who pick on them. Because none of us are perfect, and any of us who think that we are perfect are, well, we're guilty of presumptuous sin, which is a great offense against thee, according to the Scripture. Father, keep our hearts and our minds humble. Help us to recognize that there are going to be um, folks that are slightly misled or maybe more than just slightly misled in the mix. And that uh, there will be many, many Christians, because they are some of the worst accusers of the brethren, uh, out there saying uh, negative and bad things about uh, the revival events, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Whenever a large group of people, Father, and of course you know this because the praise is coming up to your throne, praise you, Jesus. And whenever there's a large group of people that are together that are lifting you up in praise, Father, that, that, that the power that emanates from that is just – words simply cannot capture it. And it has a, a way. It's highly infectious in the sense that it, 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 it moves with great authority and power of the Lord Jesus Christ through the spiritual realm, and it is absolutely feared by our enemy. Nothing is more powerful than a group of the body of Christ, especially a large group of the body of Christ that has no agenda. They have, uh, they're not you know, praying for a specific individual to come and save them here on the earth. I won't go into details, but Father, you know what I'm talking about. I think a lot of the, the, those out there know. And Father, when we, when we, these were all things that were prophesied. Uh, the idea that the raising up of the remnant bride at the very end of times would happen in concert and in parallel with the increase of the darkness that we see happening all around us. This is the first uh, series of manifestations of the Holy Spirit in large groups, and we praise you for that, Father, because that is a sign like no other sign. Oh. Boy, is it like a sign, like no other sign. It is the sign. And we praise you for that, and we just ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we can be humble, contrite in our hearts, and give you glory and join in that energy, join in that power, join in that which will rise up and just put up, hurting on the devil's darkness up until the point of our departure. We were, we were uh, commissioned for a time such as this. This is the day that we are to rise up, uh, whether, it is, it, uh, you know, whether we're alone in our bedrooms with our hands raised up into the, into the air, just worshiping you and praising you, because that energy, that power of the Lord Jesus Christ will join together in one massive, praise-filled, walls of Jericho falling, uh, uh, event that is going to uh, shake the world and bring more people to the salvation and the grace and the awesomeness of, and the eternity that has been promised us through the blood of our Lord Jesus. Even in the midst of while so many are falling and so many are confused, but yet what we have been blessed by, the things that we see that are happening across the world, are these blessings are blessings that will have an effect on other people that are, that, that are being, you know, Tucker Carlson, for goodness sakes, is actually putting on Fox News, praise you, Jesus. And the word is spreading, and it is fabulous. We thank you, Jesus, for that. But also, we recognize, indeed, that the darkness is also rising as quickly as, uh, and I do believe, uh, the, the impact of the Bride of Jesus Christ, the impact of the praise of, uh, and the power associated with the praise uh, uh, through the Holy Spirit rising up is going to be dramatic. 
just absolutely dramatic. And I just give you all the praise and glory, Father, because this is the day that we this is the day that Lord had made. You have made this day. We have been waiting for this day. We have been watching the darkness rise. We have been reporting on the rise of the darkness. It's sickening and most of us are nauseated by it. And now for the first time, hallelujah, for the first time in over 12 years, hallelujah, uh, if I go all the way back to 2009 when I set up the, the web ser- uh, server, praise you, Jesus, we are seeing the manifestation of that which was prophesied that was going to be the rising of the bride that aligns with the Tommy Hicks vision that is captured in the beginning of the book, How to Heal the Sick by Charles and Francis Hunter, and is still available out on the internet. Thank you, Jesus, about the, how the bride rises up. Oh, it's just so glorious. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be able to reveal the works of the devil and also keeping people on the edge of their seat and being a very keenly aware of the threat that, that will be launched and is being launched against many of us. Help us, Father God, to be aware and highly sensitive, not mean, not nasty, not snarky, but sensitive to the fact that our families will be used against us. Uh, it, it, it's happening to many people. I, it's happening to me now. It's happening to other people I'm talking to. It, and these are just manifestations, demonic manifestations that are being levied against us as a weapon to throw us off of our Holy Spirit-filled game for a time such as this. The time is now, and we praise you for that, Father. Thank you for bringing us to a place Finally, after all of these years, where we're able to see that manifestation begin. We don't know how long we're going to be here. We don't know how long this is going to be drug out. But we praise you, Father, for helping us to be able to see it. And we also pray, please, in the name of Jesus, that you will awaken those who have been tricked by the Seven Mountains Mandate nonsense, which is a heresy from the pits of hell. Father, in Jesus' name, that, that they will see and be cognizant, continuously cognizant of the fact that the darkness is rising up at the same rate of speed as the glory of Jesus Christ is rising up. Once they come to that grips with that, they will know that the rise of the Antichrist is imminent, and there will be an untold number of multitudes that will join in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are coming to the day that we will be able to stand before you and praise you at the wedding supper. And we thank you. And we thank you for this time, Father. We thank you for all of your help. We pray that you will continue to help us make us stronger in our and more resolved, more resolute in our uh, desire to serve you, adjust the, the, the happenstances, the circumstances, the various dynamics in each of our lives in a way. Put us where you need to put us in such a way, Father, that we can stand firm, we can gently and kindly and lovingly push away the drama that the devil's throwing at us, and we can stay steadfast with our uh, hearts and minds focused on you and immersed in the presence of the Holy Spirit as the power rises across the earth, and to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, in that throne room with exceeding joy, faultless, hallelujah, and to you, Father God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever, amen.
This is another one of those shows, praise Jesus, that um, I don't even know how I'm going to get through it. Now, the cool part about this for me, um, unlike the, the part one of the program of this particular subject, you know, the reptilian overlords concept, uh, is that the bulk of the latter part of this show will be focused on what I call my reptilian show notes, um, which is a, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. And um and I'm just going to kind of rifle through it and read things to you that I've collected over the years that uh, further paint out the dynamic from different people's viewpoints from, you know, that, but also rung true with my research over the years and uh, supernatural confirmations that I've received from the Lord over the years, um, which I can't possibly put in a single show. I can't possibly capture all of them, and I can't remember all of them, quite honestly. Now, the Lord might bring back to my recollection, which he does often, uh, things that, uh, you know, are relevant, um, even while I'm talking about them. Uh, But it's just, um, it's, it's such a vast subject. Now, Simply put, you know, once you understand that we're dealing with a cosmology that is far it's so distanced from anything that that anyone on the earth, you know. You hear people finally coming to the place right now. Even scientists and uh, theoretical astrophysicists are are you know stepping forth, and they're coming forward and they're they're making more bold statements. Um, now they, they of course they always want to be really careful because they don't want to lose their certifications, uh, you know, and 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 get in trouble. Uh, but uh, you know about the fact that there's got to be a innumerable 
number of civilizations and life forms and such like that. There's trillions of them, trillions of them. Um, and it really is overwhelming for someone who just wants to look at the space telescope and suggest that there might be a little bit out there. But when you finally, when you realize that, that um, it, it's, it's part of your climbing up the ladder of wisdom that God would give you over time, the problem is that we do – a lot of us have limits, you know, and, and I'm not saying I understand that. I get it. I, 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 it's been a journey for me. I've had to break past a number of limits in order for, for my own heart to be able to embrace and grasp and come to a high level of certainty with a margin of error that uh, we are who we are and where we are in the universe in a quantum uh, – it's a, a quantum mechanics uh, hologram. Just like Einstein said, uh, he he was he right. He was right. He said uh, we live in a hologram, albeit a very convincing one. Um, he also uh, said that uh, there is no such thing as a coincidence. It is simply God's way of staying anonymous. Now, um, bingo on both. And the hologram that we're in is a containment zone, and I've, I covered this to some degree, uh, but foundationally, I think it's important for us to understand that. Um, so after the so the the wars in the in the heavens, the whole Star Wars. Um, Concept. I'm not saying that the beings looked like they were portrayed necessarily in Star Wars or anything, but um, you know, the idea, the underpinning, uh, foundational concept of there being civilizations all over the universes and the potential for war breaking out amongst them makes absolute sense. I mean, how could it not possibly make sense? And then when you have, you know, Lucifer, the greatest, the most amazing uh, created being, God absolutely adored Lucifer. Okay, that's a concept that's very, very difficult for us as Christians here on this fallen planet to be able to come to grips with. And so when you understand that he was the covering cherub, that he had his own ephod of nine stones, when you understand the praise and the adoration that's written in the scripture, even in the uh, metaphors associated with the king of Tyre, which if you read deeper enough into the text, you will quickly come to an understanding that the text is talking about Lucifer, who ultimately fell. Um, you know, sin was found in him, so uh, somebody ratted him out, obviously. And, um, you know, you can't assume that one being is going to be in charge of a really, really, really large part of the universe. Uh, what many of us believe is referred to as the Morning Star Office. Now, there are those out there, you know, uh, Christian uh, pastors and preachers and such, that struggle with the fact that uh, Lucifer is associated scripturally with the concept of the Morning Star Office, and so is Jesus. And so there, that generates some confusion because their cosmology is torqued up. They don't understand that when the scripture says that Lucifer would go from fiery stone to fiery stone, that th that's just references to stars. Andromeda, whatever star system you pick, what, take your pick. 
Okay, and so when when you understand that ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ is essentially ruling and reigning and keeping peace and and harmony, holiness, righteousness across all of creation, and that not all of the civilizations that are out there are part of the sons of God. In order to be a son of God, you have to be directly created by the heavenly office of God for the purpose of serving our heavenly Father. But not all beings and civilizations are sons of God. Okay, and see, that also can cause people to have confusion. Another dynamic that, that comes into the confusion issue is the term angel. The term angel is no different than saying, I am a marine or I am a sailor. Okay. The term angel simply means messenger class of being. Okay. In other words, you you are on any one of thousands of different possible assignments that have been given to you by the heavenly office of God. Now, remember, you got four and twenty elders, you, you, and that's a, that's the tip of the iceberg. How many scriptures? My goodness, Zechariah uh, chapter three verses one through seven. Um, my gosh, there's so many of them. First uh, Kings twenty two nineteen with Micaiah and all of this. Spirit beings talking amongst one another. What are we going to do about you know King Ahab and how are we going to make sure that he falls at Ramoth Gilead and, and 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 you know you see these references in the scripture that there's like you know this this innumerable company of you know and don't even get me going on Hebrews 12 verses you know 22 and it just goes on and on and on an innumerable company of angels you know and then uh, and then our heavenly Father being referred to in the scripture as Yahweh El God of gods uh, in Hebrews 12:22 it talks about him being the God of all. You've got the test testimony of uh, Odin Hetrick, where he was sitting multiple times with Jesus in these conference, well, beautiful rooms that were in the ver- in various mansions, and they would be eating hors d'oeuvres and stuff, and there would be music playing in the background, and he would say there, there were these little beings. That's what he would say. He would say there were these little – he didn't know what else to call them. He had no idea. He didn't call them giraffes. He didn't call them rhinoceroses. He had never seen anything like it before, and he said that there were these little beings in the corner of the room playing beautiful music and 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 there's so much more i mean it just it, it, the amount of information that the lord has blessed me with over these years and also the fact that he told me very clearly that i was to have a very noteworthy focus on the alien dynamic okay the cosmology of the universe and how awesome this appointment is for all of us we <laughs> I can't put it into words. I mean, I really can't do it justice. I can't. And I don't think anybody can. I really don't. Um, And uh, what I can say is that if you were able to imagine an opportunity that was laid before you, even in the midst of the quagmire of earthliness that we're forced to swim in, uh, if you could somehow separate yourself from that and understand that you, you, you weren't really from earth in the beginning, you incarnated here on earth at the point of conception, uh, you know, it, it's, it's so amazing that we would have the opportunity to be fellow medicoy or fellow sufferers of Jesus. And by the way, that suffering can come. It doesn't mean that you have to hang upside down from a cross, you know, or, or any of that kind of stuff. Suffering can be manifested in so many different ways. Um, and, uh, and, and just being attacked by the devil. 
is a form of suffering. Because think about it. The Christians that aren't a threat to the devil, where are they? They're having a good old time. They're having a potluck dinner. They're eating meatloaf and telling everybody how wonderful it is to be at church with all of their friends. But they're not dealing. They're not any kind of a threat to the darkness. And when you're not a threat to the darkness, you're, what are you going to do? You're going to coast along. Everything's going to be just fine. You'll have your opinions. You'll say this, that, and the other thing. But you're not going to be under continuous attack. The Christians that are out there doing serious spiritual warfare prayer, the Christians that are out there and understand the threat that we're dealing with, understand the times that we are in right now, that have a... The Holy Spirit-filled bayonet on the end of their Jesus-filled sword of the Spirit, and they going straight across that field, and they're going to rip up and, and, and make it miserable for the forces of darkness to continue to do uninterrupted what they have been doing uh, for so long. Praise God. And yes. Yes, yes, you're going to become a, a target, and that's and when you become that target, when your family starts to come against you, when they try to suck you into the drama, these are all fiery darts. These are dynamics. These are things when 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 stuff happens to you that is just you can't believe it. It's you're like not again, Lord, please. And you can say, well, this must be more refiner's fire, and I can learn from this. Hallelujah, Amen. That is true. It always will be. However, it yeah, it can really wear on you, and that is suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so, um, you know, because you could choose to do nothing, which, by the way, is probably the number one reason why any of us who were caught up in the angel wars and ultimately ended up having to come here, which is what Psalm 82 is talking about, okay, when, when God says, you know, I, I stand in the congregation of the mighty, I judge amongst the gods, little g gods. Jesus said in John 10:34 when he was looking over, at, 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 I think it was a group of Pharisees and some other people that were standing there, he was like, have I not said ye are gods? They're like picking on him and saying, how dare you say you're the son of God? And then he looks over at he says, hey, have I not said that you, meatheads, are also gods? The problem is we skim over these scriptures and we don't put any thought into it. We don't wonder how does that fit into the cosmology? What does it have to do with the pantheon of quadrillions of civilizations, multiple universes, multiple realms? And Jesus is the creator of all of it. I mean, can we get our minds around this? See, when you get your mind around it, boy, how petty is – I mean, oh, gosh, I saw this graphic. It was absolutely brilliant. I wish I had it handy. <laughs> but um, it was just a beautiful graphic of the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, great photograph. Had to be like Hubble, Spitz, or whatever. And <laughs> – <laughs> so you're looking at this humongous, gorgeous, absolutely, wow, uh, photograph of the Milky Way galaxy. And then it has this arrow, okay, over on the left-hand side of the Milky Way galaxy, which, by the way, is, you know, essentially, it's pointing to one of the tiny little itty-bitty dots, at this arrow. And it says, and then the caption is, you complaining about, you know, something, you know, it just, I forget what it said, but you, you know, you're complaining because you're having a bad day. So you, you look at this gigantic photograph, this beautiful photograph of the Milky Way galaxy with quadrillions of stars, who knows how many, and then you've got this arrow pointing to one teeny weeny little dot at the far end of it, and it says, there's you complaining because you're having a bad day. 
<laughs> okay? I mean, how brilliant is that to put things into perspective? And that is the reality. That's why God doesn't like it. We're not supposed to criticize. We're not supposed to condemn. We're not supposed to complain. We're supposed to be full of joy. We're supposed to realize. We're supposed to have the vision. We're supposed to be able to look out there and say, wow, how big is this? We're, once you realize how big this is, what does it matter what you are going through here on this earth? It doesn't. And that's the thing. When we come to that place, that is why cosmology, that is why cosmology basically is the under, your understanding of who you are in the universe, in the universe is. Okay, now we'll just stay focused on our universe because that's big enough alone to be able to just completely bury us in awesomeness. Okay? Now, now that I got that, now there's the foundation, and the foundation's really, really important because if you don't have that foundation down, it's easy to get lost in one of the, you know, swirly whirly tunnels, you know, rabbit holes that you can go into. And oh, I'm just fascinated. I love this subject. I love that. Look, contextually speaking, and that context being Jesus is our king. Jesus is who we are going to rule and reign with over all of creation, don't you see? It isn't about us all walking out of our little, you know, Thomas Kincaid country mansions and stuff and standing there on streets of gold and saying, you know, in the name of Jesus, I command you, Mr. Squirrel, you run up that tree and come back down again in Jesus' name. Really? I mean, is that what you think this is all about? Because if you do, you need to, you know, I don't know, get some more vitamins in your diet or something. All right, praise God. All right, this is really, really, really huge. And why? So why do you think Jesus wants the most, the last will be first, the first will be last? Our Father wants the most humble, contrite, loving, kind, merciful people that have been through ugly. You know, when you've been through a lot of crummy stuff, you tend to be very merciful. You feel other people's unhappiness. It's not sympathy. It becomes empathy. When you, and then when empathy is combined with a humble, contrite, spirit where you realize there's no way you could possibly qualify. There's no way that Jesus might actually choose you. When you live your walk knowing in your heart there's no possible way that Jesus might choose you. But he does. Now you have come to that place and you have a better understanding of how big this is. Because our Father, the heavenly office of God, is not going to appoint any of us over any part of creation, over the whatever Morningstar office is just one of the probably a quadrillion examples of various parsecs of the universe that have to be managed. God does not want another Lucifer event. No more wars in the heavens. That's why he says he's going to, you know, that he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth, and he's going to restart the cycle all over, and, and, we, and we are going to be a part of that. 
and we got to go through all kind of training. I mean, folks, you think, you know, SEAL training is hard? I can't even imagine the stuff we're going to have to go through. And it's going to be a lot of training. It's going to be a lot of training. Don't even get me going on, you know, the new Jerusalem coming down adorned as a bride, which is really just a fancy way of saying that the bride of Jesus Christ is already transformed into her light, light bodies, and she is like Christ, which means she's a minor god. And then she is she's living inside the new Jerusalem, which is absolutely so huge you can't even describe it. And then you're going to have a second Gog and Magog invasion. You're going to, Lucifer's going to be let back out again. What's that all about? There's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on in the new millennium. I don't even want to think about it. All I, all I really want to think about is, in the name of Jesus, that every single listener of this program tonight, every one of you will be on that new Jerusalem adorned as a bride. That's what. That's my goal. My goal is to not get caught up in the weeds too much about, you know, what's going to happen. In, I, we've we've had Brother LV Zapata on. He's given us some incredibly vivid descriptions of some of the dynamics that will be t- taking place during the you know the, the 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 you know thousand year ruling and reigning of Jesus here on the earth. But really, that's just. Can you imagine a thousand years of training? I mean, like boot camp for the military was only a few weeks. Most people wash out. Well, not most, but a lot of them do. All right. So, so the um, what I'm trying to do is establish some priorities in your heart, so that you see how awesome this is, so that you feel it, so that you truly become humble and truly become contrite and really become the tax collector. Really, honestly, deep inside your heart, because if you go to church, they're going to tell you you have an entitlement. And that is your enemy. They're going to tell you that you have an entitlement. The problem is that that entitlement that they're talking about is the very, very bottom of the hierarchy of the kingdom that has been laid out before us. And it is through realizing how unworthy we are. It's through understanding in the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. The, the, the magnitude of what Jesus was trying to explain to the people around, look, the, the Pharisee's happy. He's, he's thrilled. He believes that he has arrived. He is blessed because, you know, he knows what he knows and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus says, no, 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 do not become the Pharisee. Become the tax collector. He's holding his head down. He's rented. He's ripped his shirt. He knows he's not worthy. He's bawling his eyes out and saying, God, please, please forgive me. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. I don't deserve any of this. That is who we need to become. Hallelujah. Because that is how, through our processing, through the beatings, through the hard times, through the difficult times, when we learn to remain kind and considerate and thoughtful and pray for people who hurt us and stick us in the back, and we remain humble and contrite and loving. That's where we need to be. That's part of the refiner's fire. That refinement helps us to maybe, just maybe, just maybe, not only be called, but chosen, don't you see? And that chosen part is really important. And there's going to be so many Christians that are, they're going to be, now some of them probably, I've, I've heard some testimonies that there's going to be some that don't really care. They're going to be happy as can be in their little country mansions and, and that, and, you know, and sit there with all of their pets and everything, and that's all they want. 
I will tell you folks, that ain't me. Uh, you know, I, 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 I have a very difficult time understanding that, that mindset. Not when it's this big. Not when it's this big. God, the creator of all, God of gods, Jesus, the creator through God. I mean, oh my gosh, this is so huge. To realize that we're in a quantum, we're in a containment zone. We're in a containment zone. In a hologram that is surrounded by the eternal realm, that actually has a portal in the uh, Orion Nebula into the eternal realm. There's glorified galaxies out there with civilizations of beings that get along and love one another, and there's nothing. There is no sin. Jesus visits them. It's, it's harmony and love, and oh my gosh, words can't describe. And but Jesus still needs to raise up through his bride those which he chooses that he knows because of what they've been through on the earth, because of how humble and contrite they have become, because of how utterly unworthy they know that they are, would never, ever do what Lucifer did. Never, ever do what Lucifer did. Because our Father don't want that to happen again. That's why the last will be first and the first will be last. Our Father knows. So anyway, when we go through really ugly, hard, miserable, unbearable stuff, it's all conditioning. It's all to, when we trip and fall. You know, I like that that scripture says, uh, you know, uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he may fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for God will uphold him with his hand. All right? That, you know, and it's it's a summarization. I'm not trying to do a direct quote in this case, but it doesn't matter. The point is, we, we, we stumble, we fall, we make mistakes that were imperfect, but our Father is so merciful, and we have that opportunity, but if we don't become love, if we fail to fall in love with our Father and to fall in love with our Lord Jesus now, then, you know, Maybe you just don't have the aspirations that I have. I hope that you do. It's the it's the opportunity of all of eternity. And I I'm going to give it my best shot. And the Lord has brought me a long way. I've been through some really bad stuff. It's a miracle that I am not an outcast. It's a miracle that I am not hunting for a hobo sandwich in, in, out, outside of a subway. I'm telling you, folks, it's a miracle. My life is a miracle, the whole doggone thing. And I have not arrived. I, I'm not even close. But I have made progress, and the progress has been noteworthy. And it's been noteworthy enough for me to look at it and say, Wow. I mean, wow. 
And I really, there for a while, I was wondering if I was ever going to be able to pull out of the tailspin that I was in a couple of times. Oh, I was so, mm, talk about steadfast. <laughs> Talking about wrestling angels. Let me tell you something. I went through those times. I went through times when I stood in my bedroom and I held my hand up and I said, Lord, I don't care what happens. I don't care what you do to me or allow to have happen to me. I will not give up. I will not give up. And, I, and let me tell you something. I'm not exaggerating. I did yell. And I did yell at the top of my lungs. I did shake my fist because I meant it. It's been a long road. And I, I, I imagine it's, we probably got quite a, quite a bit more road to de- deal with. But at least when things are in perspective and you realize how pathetic it is that that gorgeous Milky Way galaxy is there. And it's such a teensy part of that which we're going to rule and reign over with our Lord Jesus. And that big white arrow is pointing right at you. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, if that ain't an eye opener, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how any. I'm that, that's that's gorgeous. Hallelujah, praise God. Talk about keeping things in perspective. All right, Amen. So tonight, um, I'm going to go through my what I call my reptilian alien show notes. They are fallen seraphim. Seraphim are essentially a dragon-like being that God created. Uh, you know, Ellie Marzulli uses a term. He says, and they, you know, when 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 they fought, fell, they got their wings clipped. Uh, you know, I like that analogy. Uh, however, um, I think it's a little bit more involved. You know, from a you know, but I love it. I still like the, the analogy. Um, and they are, uh, you know. For whatever reason, probably because of an affinity associated with the, with the creation dynamics, the pecking order is Satan, and then the Draco reptilians. Those are the ones with the wings. Okay, and then uh, and then beneath them are the other reptilians, but those are of many different kinds. I mean, they got the Nagas, the you know the the lizard creatures that are underneath the Mormon Tabernacle choir, or the Mormon Tabernacle Tabernacle in Utah. They've got the uh, the labyrinthine underground uh, you know civilizations underneath Los Angeles that have uh, made the news. Uh, of course, all that stuff's buried now. Um, you've got the creatures that were part of the Los 33 Minor event. Uh, I forget what day that was. I what year that was, but it was a while back. Um, and NASA had, you know, brought in all of their, you know, uh, fallen angel equipment. And you might say, well, what do you mean fallen angel equipment? Well, the black ops military actually refers to these beings as fallen angels. <laughs> They're smarter about the whole thing than Christians are. It's amazing. Uh, but anyway, uh, so the, Na- you know, the National Aeronautics and Space Authority or whatever, you know, administration went down, cardened off the area, put up. It was just like a scene out of, you know, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And, uh, and they, they cardened it off and controlled the whole deal because those miners were running running for their lives because they were being eaten. They were being eaten alive. And there was blood splattered everywhere. These things are carnivorous, and they do eat people. And they do much worse. Some of the stuff I'm going to leave out because I just don't want to think about it no more. They do really bad things. Horrible, horrible things. Let's just say they do things that LGBT, LMNOP people think are normal, but they do them to victims. Oh, before they eat them. Okay. 
Yes, and children are included. Sorry, but that's as far as I'm going with it. No, no more. All right. They are filthy, stinking, evil. And then you've got the greys. And, I, you know, people talk about the greys are some kind of robotic biological thing or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what they are. I don't care. They stink. They're horrible. They've got many different versions of them. There's tall ones. There's four-foot ones. There's like, you know, they're so flapping evil, man. It's seething, stinking stench of evil. It smells like hell when they're around. It's so horrible. If you listen to the, if you understand the, the Dulcie Wars and you understand that the, Phil Schneider's testimony, that guy was telling the truth. They offed him. They killed him. Of course, you know, any, any one of these folks that just, you know, tells it like it is for too long, eventually they're going to get killed. That's, you know, that's just what happens. All right. So anyway, um, on that note, that, that that primes the pump, as it were, uh, for the listeners. Uh, it is a subject that is vast. Um, you can call them watchers, which is a favorite term for people to call them. Um, and that I'm not saying that that is an inaccurate term. However, a more accurate term would be they are fallen, cursed, strange flesh, twice dead, thank you, Book of Jude, watchers. And there are holy watchers that are not cursed. So this notion that so many people have that the very term watcher, it infers fallen being is inaccurate. That is an inaccurate characterization of the word watcher. Yes, there are fallen cursed watchers, but there are holy ones too. That's why it says in, in Daniel, I had a vision. I saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven, et cetera. All right. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, now that I have all that out of the way and uh, I've primed the pump, as it were, uh, I'm just going to go through the um, notes that I had there and because there's just so much really cool stuff. And, and, and it's going to really get you thinking, I think. And I like to think. I think a lot of us do like to think. Let me, let, let me tell you. If, if, look, look, if you're a walking kumquat, if, you're like, if you have like the aptitude of a cucumber, I'm not saying anything bad about you. God loves us all. Hallelujah. But – this, this topic ain't for you. But if you're one who is fascinated, and I, again, I hold up. I am just some schmuck. I don't even know what that word means, actually. But I'm just, I'm unworthy. I'm as unworthy as you can possibly be. Okay? So, but for whatever weird reason, God gave me a calling. And, and, I, and this program in, in the, you know, come July, 12 years that it's been around has, you know, yeah, we've had some people on the show. Yes, sometimes we talk about current events. Absolutely we do. And we have for years and years and years. But we have also tackled some of the most extremely difficult, highly controversial concepts that are so like I, I can't even think of an analogy to describe how far above the rest of wherever everybody else is hanging out. Oh, aliens are demons, and they all come from giants. And I'm like, no. As soon as you start to make things small, like it fits into a little thimble and stuff, then you're, you don't get God. <laughs> okay? It's huge. But I also know as a fact that I have a margin of error. Everybody has a margin of error. We all see through the mirror dimly. Okay? I don't even know if Jesus is going to throw me any Andy's candies at the marriage supper if I even make it to it. I hope I do. All right? But um, 
it, it, it is a very, very exciting time to be alive right now. Now, I, I look, you know, I know I got some stuff. I got to, you know, we all got, some of us have to go to work. Some of us are dealing with other stuff, and we, we're dreading waking up tomorrow. I get it. Just remember the Milky Way galaxy and that big white star pointing to you when you get up tomorrow and go, oh, crumb, crumb. I can't believe I got a blankety, blankety, blank. Well, just remember that Milky Way galaxy and that big flashing white star pointing at you grumbling. Because Psalm 78, uh, 41 says, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, how? Because they were grumbling and mumbling and, oh, the manna wasn't good enough. They wanted chicken dinners. They wanted this. They wanted that. You know, and, and, and God was like, you know, you know, I mean, really, think about it. He, he, he came so close to just wiping out the Israelites. Remember when, when Moses was like, no, 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 don't do that. It'll make you look bad in front of the Egyptians. <laughs> okay? We got to understand. Don't be grumbling. Don't be mumbling. Don't be mad. Don't be sad. We got to learn to teach ourselves to praise, 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 praise. Thank you, Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and read this for you, and then we're going to go into the rest of the program and just kind of chisel our way through it. Sunday, February the 26th, uh, which is today, praise me until the answer comes. Hallelujah. And this is from Wings of Prophecy, and um, it says, uh, and, and again, that's the title, Praise Me Until the Answer Comes. And this is so true, folks. If you want answers to your prayer, never stop praying. Pray very fervently with emotions. Lean in and never stop. And never stop praising because you know that you got your answer because that's what the Bible says. And this is what this uh, prophecy says. My children, I have accelerated the time you come home to me. For this reason, you will begin experiencing breakthroughs in areas where you have stood in faith. In other words, you've been praying and praying and praying and praying, but you, you haven't had a breakthrough yet. It says you're going to start seeing these breakthroughs, but it gives you your quid pro quo, your quid pro quo. It says where you have been believing and standing in faith for something for a considerable time, sometimes years, you will now see the answer arriving. Do not grow weary, but praise me until the answer comes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Kids, are you ready for a couple jokes? All right. All right, you kids. Okay, ready? Uh, Let me see here. Ah, kids, I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. Hey, this kind of fits into the cosmology deal. I like it. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity, kids, and it's impossible to put down. It's very Einsteinian of me, isn't it? Oh, okay. All right. Although I don't really believe in gravity, I still think it's electromagnetic. But anyway, praise God, thank you, plasma universe. That's what I'm, you know, all that stuff. Hyperdimensional torsion fields, all that kind of thing. Okay, kids, the machine to coin factory just suddenly stopped working with no explanation. It doesn't make any sense. 
you know, the machine doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm going, All right, give me if you want. Okay. All right. You're working with me. You're on target. Right on. Hallelujah. Kids, England doesn't have a kidney bank, but it does have a Liverpool. <laughs> Come on, kids. That's kind of funny, don't you think? Come on. Give me what? Oh, I get it. Hey, Spanky, let me see what you wrote on that. Hold it up. Come on, man. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, I get it. They don't like liver. Well, that's just too bad. <laughs> okay, whatever. All right, well, I'll try one more. Kids, why did the man get fired from the calendar factory? He took a day off. You don't want to do that when you work at a calendar factory. Come on, kids. Spanky, I I think you're stirring up stuff over there. Ice cream for everybody. Ice cream for everybody. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And on that note, let's go ahead and head into the headlines. And boy, there's a lot of this stuff. So I got to mow through this. And then we got to go through those reptilian alien show notes. Dun, dun, dun. You know. All right. Let's head into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. All right, praise God. So I have at the uh, beginning of all of the headlines, uh, once again, oh, 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 hold on a second. got to flip the little flippy switch. Oh, I always forget to flip the flippy switch. There we go. All right, there's this little <laughs> wires and cables and shmables and, oh, my gosh, if I ever had to take, God help me, I would have to have, like, Gabriel assigned to me to help me reassemble the, the golden JIB studios, Jesus and Broadcasting, because let me tell you something. Cables and shmables and wires and gidgies and gadgets and loops and uh, switches and I, I I don't know if I'd ever be able to get it back together. It would take me. I would be the the program would probably be down for two months while I was trying to figure out how to rewire it. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. So the first one I want to play for you. I don't know how how much of it I'm going to play is groundbreaking testimony that according to these folks, changes everything. According to this report, Florida, a, a particular Florida county, which I happen to be very familiar with for multiple reasons, um, returns CDC funds after confirming that the vaccination is actually a bioweapon. Wow. So let's take a quick listen to this. Hold on a second. There we go. <laughs> Welcome back. So this is big news, huge news. Karen Kingston just made an appearance before the county commissioners of Collier County, Florida. That's where Naples is. The topic was these COVID-19 bioweapon injections. Karen testified that the COVID shots are, in fact, a bioweapon and that they should either be destroyed or returned to their manufacturers. She also warned the commissioners under Florida law that anybody responsible for making bioweapons available to others is guilty of a first-degree felony punishable by life in prison. 
Well, after Karen's testimony, the Collier commissioners voted five to zero to send back a $1.4 million CDC grant for the creation of COVID-19 materials. The message that they sent, Collier County is stepping back from the fake advances of the CDC and the NIH. Well, Karen says that when she presented her evidence to other people in attendance at the meeting, and in particular, when she showed the list of diseases that Pfizer knew their shots would cause even before it was approved by the FDA, they became overwhelmingly in favor of criminal trials for everybody who helped promote the injections. This is a giant step in the way of accountability, criminal accountability for the unleashing and the deployment of this bioweapon. Karen Kingston joins us now for more on this. Karen, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I was uh, able to present in front of the Collier County uh, commissioners on February 14th. Amazing. Uh, under, yeah, under the topic of this NIH grant that they received for the promotion and education of the COVID-19 injections. And I, and I have to give a hat tip off to the commissioners, uh, specifically Commissioner Chris Hall, uh, because I had sent a letter to them on February 6th outlining all the evidence I had that these were bioweapons, uh, including their own Surgeon General, a lot of posed evidence that these are bioweapon injections, where he found over 16,000 residents in the state of Florida who died from a cardiac-related death due to the COVID-19 injections bioweapons. It was not due to any other cause. And I finished that letter with the Florida state law 790.166, stating that if you display, promote, or make readily available a bioweapon, an agent of biowarfare, you could serve up to life imprisonment. So I say hat tip off to Commissioner Chris Hall for allowing me to get up and speak for 20 minutes, going through the evidence that I share with your audience on a regular basis and going through the criminality of what was done. Praise God, thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Doesn't it now imply that the forces, the global satanic crime syndicate might, you know, accelerate things? And why is it there's always this duplicitous dynamic whereby the the, the evidence is overwhelming. It's spreading throughout the lawmakers in various states. There's resolutions that are coming out of houses of representatives in various states. And it's getting more press than it's ever gotten before. But yet you still have this humongous percentage of the population that is sitting there going, I wonder when I can go and get my uh, booster shot again because I'm feeling a little nauseous. So, I mean, it's very difficult, really, to kind of get your arm around how much of this information has become, you know, right in people's faces, in front of lawmakers, in front of, uh, you know, uh, county commissioners and, and uh, you know, entire houses of representatives and, and resolutions are being made. But yet we're still seeing them get away with pushing these things down on our kids and, and our schools and everything else. I it's it, this is to, to this woman's point to this you know to Stuart Peter's point this is Nuremberg trial stuff but anyway we all know that and isn't it neat that we were calling it this program was calling it a bioweapon the very very I mean before 
I mean, the moment, I mean, I, I still have the audio bite on tribulation-now.org of the scientist that came forward, one of the first ones in the university. I think it was the University of Pennsylvania, but he was definitely and he was stationed in Pennsylvania. And he had come forward and said that it was going to dork up the immune system of people. And we were going to see the emergence of all kinds of horrible diseases, which, by the way, there's another report coming up that is kind of a bummer. But anyway, uh, so it's far, far worse than, uh, yeah. I, and, and, you know, of, of course, all of us wish that there would be justice, but looking at where we are in the end times and how much is moving forward and at, at light speed or faster than light speed, it's happening so fast. Um, you know, the it really looks like God is going to have to handle all of the justice associated with these things. And uh, that you don't want to, yeah, that's going to be bad for them. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The next one I want to bring out is uh, more and more information is uh, surfacing regarding what we already know and have talked to, talked about in great detail on this program about the biolabs, the many, many, uh, over 30, uh, in the Ukraine. And we all know that Hunter Biden was being, you know, he was like managing them. OK, MetaBio or something was the name of the company that he was on and, and Biden and all of them. Obama. I mean, come on. 2014. Obama put Zelensky. Zelensky is a very sick, twisted, LGBT, creepy sodomite. OK, this is a really filthy individual. I mean, right there with Satan and the very bowels of Sheol. OK, and, and the entities that follow after him. Uh, anyway, I, that's a whole show. But here, let me just go ahead and play a little snippet of this. Because the this information is bubbling up and becoming way more mainstream. All right, so here we go. Let me bring this up for you here. This is from Redacted. So Russia is trying to alert the world that the U.S. has funded bio labs in Ukraine and that those labs were conducting AIDS research on Ukrainian military personnel. That is perhaps the craziest sentence I'm going to utter this week. Let me read. Let me say that again. Ukraine was using biolabs, and they were using those biolabs conducting AIDS research on Ukrainian soldiers. Yes, taking Ukrainian soldiers and testing AIDS research on them. Of course, you'll recall the U.S. denied that there were any biolabs in Ukraine. The Department of Defense even called it Russian propaganda at the time, and laughed in a reporter's face for even asking this question, you smug son of a bitch. This is exactly what John Kirby did when a reporter had the gall to ask about these biolabs that are listed on the State Department's website. But it's, it's all Russian propaganda, he said. Watch. And, and on this issue of um, uh, military biological uh, labs in Ukraine that the Russians keep uh, raising, yeah. can you basically explain to us what type of relationship, if any, there was between the Pentagon and the Ukrainian side on any biological labs? Uh, when was the last cooperation? And what do you have to say about these Russian accusations? The Russian accusations uh, are absurd. They're laughable. And, uh, you know, in the words of my Irish Catholic grandfather, a bunch of malarkey. All right. <clears throat> and um, that's about a 20-some minute clip uh, with a lot of detail in it. But the point of the matter is, I mean, don't you feel filthy? I don't know about you, but 
I've seen snarky people say things like, well, if you don't like the United States, why don't you just get out of this country? Let me tell you something. If I had the funding to do it, I would do it. I would have done it years ago. But, you know, and I can I can mention quite a few people that have, but they had a lot of funding. Indeed, the funding came from tithes and offerings into their ministries, and they used it to leave. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, it is what it is. Um, and I feel, you know, anyone who who understands how sickening and twi- oh, just oh my gosh, I don't think there's words to describe the depth of darkness and evil and foulness and oh. Well, anyway, all right, praise God. So now I'm going to go on to another snippet. This is a, this a kind of deviates to the side a little bit. This is interesting. Okay, so you got that guy, uh, Chris Skye, who's actually running for uh, Toronto mayor. Uh, a lot of people are behind him. I personally, I don't, you know, because of the the tentacles of the um, global satanic crime syndicate. The I have a feeling that that's just no way that that could be. They won't. It, they'll. You know, it's not going to happen. All right now, all that I, it makes me sad though because this guy really gets stuff. Okay, so listen to this. Now we have seen the strange, or some of us have seen the strange lights, the um, uh, street lights and things that have been going up in different parts of the country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're like, you know, that's kind of weird. And then of course, if you go on and you, even if you use DuckDuckGo, it's gonna, it'll, it'll say stuff like, oh well, they have a purple hue because you know it was a bad batch of lights and they're gonna replace them all, which really is kind of beside the point. I'm, it's, I think. It it was an act of God that they had a purple hue in the first place, and the reason why is because it called our attention to it. Otherwise, we wouldn't even eat, would not have even been aware that they were dorking around with the street lights. And then you might say to yourself, "Well, to what end?" Ah, let's see what Chris Guy has unveiled for us. Here we go. Creepy stuff. Here we go. It's loading. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. News that nobody else can and nobody else will. So I got a call from a whistleblower, city of Edmonton, 15-minute cities, and they're talking about how all the lights being replaced all over the city are being replaced with smart lighting that are connected to the Internet, that can listen, that can watch, and they all work together. So how did this all happen, and how is the World Economic Forum behind it? Check this out. Philips, the world leader in connected lighting as a catalyst for so-called smart cities. This tells you right here that these are designed, these designs are worked together with an open infrastructure to collect data about themselves, the environment, the people, and events. This data can be analyzed and shared via software platforms and mobile apps to save energy, streamline operations, like finding people they want, and make people feel safer and happier. So what is Philips? Philips is the world leader in lighting. So how did they try to get it so we didn't know that they're using these lights? In 2018, Philips changed its name to Signify. Here's Signify's website. Signify, proud of the brand of Philips. Signify is also, this is the World Economic Forum partner website. So let's go down and see what Signify is all about. Right on the World Economic Forum website, you will find Signify. And what does Signify for? Signify, formerly Philips Lighting, which they admit, is to make smart lighting and connected lighting for smart cities and the 15-minute cities. As you can see, everything's connected. Wow, it gets even better. 
City of Edmonton, if you think I'm lying. As of 2020 to 2022, the city of Edmonton will be changing 46,000 streetlights to LEDs. These are LEDs is a euphemism for these smart trackable lights. So they're changing 82% of these city uh, of the lights in the city, and they say it's to save greenhouse gas emissions. But in reality, we know it's about track, trace, control. And now we have further proof that the World Economic Forum not only tells our government what to do, they actually provide them the companies and the means for our enslavement. And our government is more than happy to work with them and do everything they can to try to obscure it. The news. Well done. So uh, anyway, on my finely tuned Twitter feed, I made sure that I signed up for Chris Skye's, uh, you know, video expositions on this stuff because this guy, he's smart. He knows what he's talking about. All right, praise God. So uh, what does this tell you? It tells you that they're way further along than anybody knows, hardly anybody. Um, uh, it's far worse you know, when, when I do the little, you know, the little ditty, you know, uh, you know, the little model, uh, stinger uh, thing, you know, for, for the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. Game over. Okay, so, you know, if they're talking about the city of Edmonton, you don't think there's like gazillions of other cities, all of them maybe, that it's already happening in? And the only places that they wouldn't or they would put at the lower end of their list are the ones that they would have no trouble controlling with, you know, other means. All right. Praise God. Now, this is kind of cool. So uh, turns out that Woody Harrelson had a little spot on Saturday Night Live and he went uh, kind of uh, what do you call that? Uh, I don't, you know, when, when a comedian just kind of goes off script and he starts, you know, doing his own little thing. Um, well, anyway, he did that on Saturday Night Live, and now it's got all all the lefty, uh, you know, World Economic Forum controlled uh, media sources, which is pretty much about 99.999% of them all. And Rolling Stone is just spanking him really hard for daring to do or say anything, and he's off. He's obviously off of his rocker. Uh, and listen to what he says. Way to go, Woody. Way to go, Woody. All right, here we go. Hold on. Let me pull this up for you. It's absolutely brilliant. Here it comes. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cards. Okay, now hold on a second. So just so you get the gist of what he's talking about, I'm going to start it again. Let me double check my, okay, got my volume up. Let me bring my volume up over here. Like I said, I got a lot of gadgets and gadgets, and it's really, okay. Now, what he's talking about, it, the premise is that he was given a script for a movie, okay, and he was, you know, he he was to look at the script and decide whether or not he wanted to accept, you know, a role in that movie. That's what he's talking about. All right, now here we go. Hey, so the movie goes like this: the biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. 
I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? Hey, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartel. Who is going to believe that crazy idea? Oh, you just got to love it. That was really well done. All right, the next one here is Tucker Carlson uh, interviewing a person by the name of Jimmy uh, Dore, it looks like. Um, uh, hopefully I got his name right. And um, this is it's, it's high speed, and, if, and Tucker's got that classic uh, – Tucker Carlson, you got to be kidding me look on his face. You know, the one that's like pasted on his face the whole time the person is talking. Okay, so I'm just trying to give you the, the visual here. And here, here it goes. You're going to hear the person talking about what's really going on over in Ukraine, Russia, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, here we go. So let me bring this up. Thank you, Jesus. Wait for it to come up. No. All right, here we go. And it's almost ready. Here we go. A tiny cabal of people have control of our government, and they're using it to do war for economic profit. You know, what you, the difference between our mafia state now back then, the mafia helped defeat the Nazis back then. Now True. we're actually arming Nazis. You know, and isn't it just like America to ignore the Nazis that are suffering here at home trying to buy eggs while we fund Nazis in other countries? It's unbelievable what's happening. This is, the, this is really about World War III. And why aren't they investigating it? No, now they won't even ask them a question. You know, Cy Hirsch's art, uh, article came out detailing how they all blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And the American press won't even ask the people he named in that article a question about it. They won't ask Victoria Nuland. They won't ask Jess Sullivan. They won't ask Anthony Blinken. In fact, those people won't even give a statement about it. You know who will talk about it? Kirby, the press secretary at the White House, because I'm sure the people who did the investigations have a pipeline right to uh, Kirby, but not to Anthony Blinken, not to Sullivan, not to Victoria Nealon. By the way, these are the same people who lied us into the Iraq war, lied to us True. about Libya, lied to us about Syria, dropped so many bombs in Syria, they ran out of bombs. They're doing the same thing. America is the world's terrorist. We have 400 military bases surrounding China. We provoked this by people don't know that the CIA got in bed with the right-wing Nazis in Ukraine to overthrow the democratically elected government of Ukraine in 2014. We had a, we had a peace deal. It was called the Minsk Accord. And then they violated. Who violated it? Ukraine kept shelling the Donbass, which are the Russian speakers in the eastern part of the Ukraine. And that's why Putin had to be provoked to invade to protect those people. Nobody will tell you that. Everybody who talks about every other news station, by the way, you're the only one doing this, and I applaud you for letting people come on and tell the truth about what's actually happening in Ukraine. Other stations, when I watch, what they do is they start the history of Ukraine from Putin's invasion. They never tell you that we overthrew their democratically elected government in 2014. They never tell you that they didn't stop shelling the people in the Donbass. They never abided by the Minsk Accord. They don't tell you that the former uh, German prime minister said that the, the reason why they did the Minsk Accord in the first place so that Ukraine could build up their military to get ready for this war that they're provoking. There you have it. Well said. Uh, and uh, said very quickly and very accurately. All right, praise God. Next one up is spike protein found in new stage four cancers. This is very troubling, but it's happening. If it isn't bad enough, what's happening? This just adds horrific insult to injury. All right, listen to this. Yeah, hold on, bring it up. All right. 
Okay. What's out that? of Idaho. Check him out. He's always in trouble with the big machine. They are always trying to discredit him. His most recent antics, he's been working with some doctors out of Germany, and they've been looking at the unusual cancers that are exploding right into stage four. And they're finding in very unusually young ages, as well as those who have been in remission for 10, 15 plus years because the immune system is being degraded. And can you imagine as they put these cancer cells underneath the microscope, what they're finding? Right in the middle of those cells, they're finding the spike protein. And there you go. So you've got strange, new, never seen before cancers exploding into stage four immediately, which means they're, they're going to die. And then they say, okay, what is this? And they take out a cell, one of the cancer cells, they put it under a microscope, and they're like, looky there. It's got a Pfizer logo on it. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Now... Listen to this. So this particular individual got some press, and I don't, you know, now we see today, unlike any other time in the history of the world, um, uh, Satanism rising up. Now, now, granted, be encouraged, because so is the bride of Jesus Christ rising up at the same time through the revivals and things. So you're going to see that both things rising up at the same time. So as the Antichrist rises, the bride of Jesus Christ is going to rise. And then ultimately, God is going to uh, vacuum up and take, off, take away and rescue uh, the bride and, uh, you know, and then let, you know, cast Satan down with all of his fallen angelic beings during the day of the Lord. And, uh, and then the great tribulation is going to start. But anyway, listen to this. This person is getting a lot of press out there. And it, this is um, like, for example, one of the lawmakers had gotten wind of this and saw it. And they made a comment. They were like, what, why does that person have that look on their face? And I couldn't resist. So I went in and I just uh, answered him and I said, it's a demon possession. You know, but of course, a lot of these people that, you know, I'm leaving comments don't really believe in demons. So, uh, you know, but it is what it is. All right. Now, I'm going to play this for you. This is sickening. Uh, but it's important that we are aware that this stuff is getting mainstream attention and it is being heard on a global level. This particular incredibly sickening individual heavily uh possessed by demons, uh, is going to make comments in, in this mini interview, and it is troubling to say the least. Here we go. And, and, and again, you know, it's important because we need to know these entities of darkness are not messing around, and they haven't been for quite some time, but it's much worse right now. Okay, here we go. All right, it's loading. Okay. I guess my question is, how many children have you sacrificed to your father, Satan? I can't say I counted. Um, would you say more than uh, Planned Parenthood? I believe so. Oh, wow. That's probably okay. a good assumption. Yeah, so your social media shows that you're a witch, and you sure do look like one. Um, are you at all worried about getting chased to the bottom of hell by demons? I'm not. Yep. I... I'm cautious about my safety. I'm aware of my safety, but I'm not worried. Hey. I, I don't. I guess my question is. 
All right, so you heard enough of that, and if I never see that individual, whatever it is, his face again, it'll be too soon. All right, and uh, along the same lines of that particular headline, uh, we have this headline, uh, which is it's all over the place. As a matter of fact, um, World Net Daily commented on it, uh, Charisma Magazine commented on it, the largest satanic gather, gathering in the history of the world, which, by the way, mandates jabs and masks and includes a drag queen show. Okay, um, they call it SatanCon. Okay, and it, it hasn't, the attendees must be 18 years or older and have all their vaccinations and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing, whatever. Okay, um, so this SatanCon event is a big deal, and uh, these kinds of things. Now, think about it. So, what, what else is happening? Revivals are breaking out. What are they saying about the revivals? They're the largest revivals they have ever seen. They, you know, there's like more people than the Azusa Street revival. You see what I'm saying? So it, it, it's precisely, it's like reading a script from a movie uh, in alignment with that which was prophesied all the way back into 2013 and even earlier. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now listen to this. This is the White House press secretary. Um, they call her KJP. I don't care what her name is. I, I really don't. I mean, all I know is that my book, my Bible says all liars will be cast into the lake of fire. And that, that's, that's good enough for me. I, but anyway, I will play this little snippet. This one th here in this dialogue coming from this entity, um, uh, this person gives away who's actually running the show. All right, and we already know we know who it is, but it's just nice when they you know have a Freudian slip and tell everybody, and they did. And here we go. It's coming up, coming up, and. Bingo. As you all saw just an hour or so ago, President Obama announced that, pardon me, President Biden. Whoa. <laughs> that is news. <clears throat> I know, I know. We're going back, not forward. we got to go forward. What you know now, do you wish, like, you had a, sec, a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, – I had a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm -hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with it. As you all saw, just... All right. Well, we've known about that for quite some time, and uh, it is what it is. Now, um, in concert with that, as a confirmation of sorts back uh, a long time ago. So this is what's known as the Awalu prophecy of 1912. Kenyan son and destroyer of America is Barack Obama, the son of Kenya, foretold by the 19th century Kenyan prophet uh, jo Jonawa Awalu, uh, the founder of the Kenyan uh, blank blank Luau something something church. All right, he goes on, he says, amongst the Kenyan people of the Luau uh, re re religion, Awalu is believed to be a prophet similar to Jesus Christ Muhammad, so per person had to give a prophecy. We'll just leave it at that. And who in 1912 made this horrific prophecy about the United States? So far have they, the United States, strayed into wickedness 
in those future times that their destruction has been sealed by my father. Their great cities will burn, their crops and cattle will suffer disease and death, their children will perish from diseases never seen before on the earth, and I reveal to you the greatest mystery of all as I have been allowed to see that that there, the United States, destruction will come about through the vengeful hands of one of our very own sons. Okay, so it's the Son of Kenya prophecy, also known as the Iwalu prophecy, from 1912. And it states, and I quote, The following is from the Kenyan prophet Iwalu, the the founder of the Kenyan church, hard to pronounce, in 1912. And it goes as follows. So far have they, the United States, straight into wickedness in future times of the destruction, has been sealed by my father. Their great cities will burn and says the destruction will come out. The destruction will come about through the vengeful hands of one of our very own sons. Well, Barry was born where? Kenya. The land of the Nubian pharaohs. Oh, well. Just thought that was a nice way to put a cap on it. Uh, Another headline. Thank you very much. There's a tweet. A person by the name of Zuby came out and said, When will everybody admit the whole COVID-19 pandemic response was a scam, this person says. And Elon Musk personally replies, It's coming. Enough said. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And of course, I'm I'll real real quick reminder. Let me look at the time. Eight thirty. I don't want to run out of too much time. I want to also call to your attention, just as a little bit of a reminder, that uh, they, you know, they were. Uh, well, I'm going to play this just in case you don't know this, and then I'm going to skip a couple of the other ones for time-saving purposes. Uh, I'll just summarize them. But this is in regard to a plane crash. News tonight of a plane crash in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just minutes ago, we learned the people on board were actually headed here to northeast Ohio to help clean up the Oakwood Village explosion from Monday. All five people on board worked for an environmental consulting firm. The plane took off from the Clinton National Airport around noon and was headed for John Glenn Columbus International Airport. Right now, we are digging into the story. We will have much more on air and online as soon as we learn it. We have breaking news tonight of a plane crash in Little Rock, right, Arkansas, on, just minutes on. ago. All right, there we go. So anyway, they killed him. <laughs> they sent a team of five environmental scientists to go into East Palestine and, uh, you know, do what they do. And they said, no, no, we don't want that. Um, just remember, Pfizer, BlackRock, they own Norfolk Southern. Okay. Never mind the fact that they also three months earlier had um, uh, put out these. Um, uh, it's called. Uh, let's see what they call it here. Um, oh yeah, it's called. They just call it digital ID. And so three months prior to the train event, they they put a pilot out for whoever wanted to join into the pilot for the residents of East Palestine, and they would get to wear a digital ID that would track their health for problems, you know, like difficulty in breathing and things like that. 
Um, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Um, I have another audio bite here of a man. Uh, actually, it's several people that are living there right now, and bad, bad, really bad things are happening to them. Um, this one particular person is not able to talk normally anymore. They're just trying to send him to a doctor and see what they can do. He, he, it's awful to hear and very, very sad. But I will, uh, to save a little time, I'm going to not play that for you. But, you know, it's pretty awful. Um, also, I think this is pretty, it's just short and to the point. And um, I also kind of like that there's an 1111 on the screen here. So, but listen to this. I think this is absolutely fascinating. You know how they always tell us to boil our water? Now, listen to what this scientist has to say about boiling water. Here we go. It's coming up. Here we go. Something else about water real quick while we're on the topic of water. Some people say, well, I got bad water. What I'm going to do is boil the water and because I can't afford to get this special bottle or I can't afford to get a filter, so I'm going to boil my water. Mm -hmm. That's the worst thing you can do. Boiling water, boiling tap water will destroy not only your pineal gland, but it'll destroy your whole nervous system. When you take fluoridated water and you boil it, boil water orders from the government are the worst thing they can ever tell people to do. Mm-hmm. Fluoride, if you look at, if you've ever done chemistry, and I'm, I'm a, I was a master chemist in school, when you boil fluoridated water, the fluoride, now the molecules change into fluorine, mm-hmm. which is a more potent, more toxic neurotoxin. Wow. So the more water you boil and drink, the more neurotoxins you put into your body. It's better just to drink the fluoride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Once you boil it, you now have increased mm-hmm. the fluoride because you've turned it into something called fluorine, which is more deadly for the human body and even the brain. So don't drink boiled water unless it's an absolute emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That- all right. Now, um, so sounds like we all ought to be looking at some uh, <laughs> good quality uh, filtration systems as opposed to what's coming our way uh, that, you know, hopefully we'll be evacuated out of here before it gets that bad. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, for the people of East Palestine, it's today, right? Um, which kind of makes it, don't forget about the movie White Noise. If you haven't watched it right now, it's still available. I believe uh, Netflix is uh, running it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they made that movie, and it's it's, it's an identical mock-up of the thing that happened uh, right there in East. It's so, so creepy and weird. Um, hallelujah. And, of course, why did the CDC update its page on vinyl chloride days before the Ohio train derailment? So basically what they did was before the train crashed, the CDC went in, edited their page on vinyl chloride and said, oh, well, you know, it used to be extremely horribly dangerous and all kinds of, oh, just, I mean, oh, birth defects and, you know, and all kinds of horrible things would happen. And and, and now it's kind of like, huh. Uh, you might have a little trouble breathing, but uh, it's, it's not so bad after all. They changed it. And it's funny, James Bradley, the person who, uh, one of the people who discovered it, he says, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> right? You always got to throw that disclaimer in. And then he goes, but why did the CDC update their profile on vinyl chloride 11 days before the train crash in Ohio? But you know, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. 
After death of a girl yesterday, 12 more detected with H5N1 bird flu in Cambodia. Oh, no, that was the one that the World Health Organization came out and said, oh, this is a pandemic warming. So we got two simultaneous pandemic warnings. One of, one of them is Marlberg, which that's really, really bad. And then this H1, you know, whatever. And, you know, I, what are we going to do, right? We got to let our Heavenly Father progress forward the end times. Scripture says, I will rise at midnight to give thanks to you, Father God, because of your righteous judgments. Well, guess what? In the middle of the righteous judgments, there is this dynamic that occurs, which is, you know, I refer to as there's no such thing as an atheist and a foxhole, and a lot of people are going to come to Jesus. Those revivals are going to get way bigger. A lot of people are going to, I mean, this is going to save a lot of souls. Uh, you know, it, even like I said, I've t- said many times, you know, even in the Billy Joel song, uh, Goodbye Saigon, uh, it has the lyrics, and we cried to Jesus Christ with all of our might. So it works. Thank you, Jesus. Another tweet that I collected from a source uh, says, alert, three fires have broken out at three different facilities in Mexico and uh, and the United States operated by a state-owned Mexican oil company known as Pemex. And these massive fires, different locations, all occurred in 24 hours. But, uh, you know, just a coincidence, right? Hallelujah. Next one up. Cyber attack on produce giant Dole. Dole shuts down production plants all across North America. They're saying it's a ransomware attack. And there, you know, so there's all kinds of affected, uh, you know, vegetable and Dole food processing facilities that are now, uh, well, not operational. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Businesses are rapidly trying to secure backup generators to handle, quote, load shedding, where the power company shuts down certain areas for several hours per day. Huh. Guess they know something I don't know. Sounds pretty creepy. I, I need to go. I got to get my generator started to oil her up and uh, get, get those other gas tanks full of uh and I got I got these like bicycle lock things that you can weave through the handles, and then if if you know somebody tries to you know wheel 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 and all that kind of thing, you got to because people are always they're sneaky and they'll take your gas. All right. So anyway, I don't know. You know, I just want to. I I have a particular individual that I've had trouble with. Anyway. All right. Next next one up. Thank you, Jesus. United Kingdom has been urged to take command of the food production. It says the Farmers Union, the NFU, said on Saturday, a warning that there is an ongoing shortage of fruit and vegetables across the country of the United Kingdom and could be just the tip of the iceberg. Next one up. Thousands rally for peace in Italy. Demonstrators in the cities of Genoa and Milan are demanding an end to the weapons supply in Kiev. Hmm. Wonder if they're going to pay attention to that. I don't know. Not incredible. Uh, headline here says NATO Secretary General admits that NATO has been at war against Russia in the Ukraine since 2014 when Obama appointed the LGBT. Entity, sodomite, Nazi, Zelensky. Filthy, 
What's that scripture in uh, Revelation that says, those who will be filthy, be filthy still. Those who will be holy, be holy still. Yeah, just, oh, oh man, Lord, get us out of here, please, in the name of Jesus. Next one up. Venice looks pretty alarming with its canals drained. And then they have a photo, you know, anthology here about, so basically uh, because of, you know, well, the answer is Planet X. Uh, it, it, you know, all these world changes are taking place, and one of the things is that right now in Venice they don't have any water in the canals. So thank goodness I didn't spend my, uh, you know, not that I ever would, um, but you know, going over there. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would love to be able to world travel, but eh, anyway, that's all right. It's all good. I'll just stay here in my, uh, you know. How did Paul put it? Uh, I'm a prisoner of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Russia warns the United States, NATO, and the Ukraine over Transnistria. And why is that? Because they could easily cut them off, and they're telling them, don't do it. Don't do it. Another headline here, Benjamin Netanyahu is preparing for an attack on Iranian nuclear installations. We already know that's queued up. The prophet, Dr. David O'Rourke, saw them shoot two tactical nukes into the base of the mountain of the Fordow facility. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then there's another headline to go along with it. Israel's top gun, the United States Israeli aircraft that can take down Iran. So they've already ran test sorties and discovered that the F-35 Adir Elite fighter craft is able to Support the anti-aircraft systems that Iran has. They don't. They can't see it, which is good. I mean, at least for Netanyahu and company. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, here's another headline. This is a Charisma News reports. Annie Graham Lott says this could be the last Great Awakening. So she's referring to all of these Holy Spirit overwhelming, uh, you know, revival events. Um, they point out uh, very vividly and accurately that um, it's non-denominational. Nobody cares what denomination you're from. It's all about worshiping Jesus. Yes, there are some misguided people that are included in it, but that's always going to be the case. Uh, pray for them. Pray for God to just raise this up. We need to be praying that the Holy Spirit just overtakes everybody. And we want to, because this is what glory glorifies our Father, even in the midst of some of the darkest times the earth is ever going to see. Another headline from Charisma News also reports, Holy Spirit overwhelms students at secular, 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 Texas A&M University. So there's another outbreak of the Holy Spirit in progress there. And then if that isn't cool enough, another one from Charisma News points out that the Tennessee middle school students are now on a revival wave. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So again, uh, I'm going to look at some of the other headlines that I have here. And no, there's just one more I'm going to add. And that is his kingdom prophecy. This is from uh, Brother Stephen Hansen. And he says, when you see the planes overhead, when you see the planes overhead, you will know that the war has begun. For you will see them overhead in your own land America. Then the world will know that the end is near. For at that time, the war with Ukraine will have gone into another dimension. When war comes to your soil, then you will know. So again, if you want to look up uh, his kingdom prophecy using DuckDuckGo, uh, you'll be able to see and read the entire prophetic word when you see the planes overhead. Well, will we be here for that? To like see Red Dawn actually taking place? I don't know for sure. 
All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, on that note, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, segue into the reptilian overlord stuff uh, and take uh, close out the show with hopefully picking out some of the better tidbits that I have collected. Maybe I'll even do a part three if there's some other stuff that uh, is super important and relevant that I can't get to. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And on that note, let's go ahead and segue into that. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So this is uh, stuff that I've collected over the years, um, and I just call it the reptilian alien show notes. Now, the, the hard part about this is there's so much in here that it could take actually several, several hours to read it all. What I will share, though, as a little tidbit, which I found very exciting and did save it here, uh, even though it's not directly related to the alien or the reptilian beings, is the fact that the Lord confirmed to me that the Sigourney Weaver alien uh, movie series from the 80s, that that locust creature is precisely what the locust in Revelation chapter 9 looked like. As a matter of fact, uh, I had I had 10 years earlier, I had put that up on tribulation-now.org. And um, said, you know, it, it's a long story. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. But my confirmation came about 10 years later when I, I, a non-frequenter of Facebook, stumbled across Lashana Singleton. She said in the movie Prometheus, a, la- a lady becomes pregnant by a man injected with a black goo. And as a result, she becomes pregnant with this uh, tro- troglobite fetus, an alien creature locust baby. Anyway, she makes it. She she makes it vividly clear in all capital letters that um, that she was given a dream by the Lord that those beings, those alien beings, those locust creatures are exactly like the creatures that come out of the sky, not out of the pit, out of the sky. Take another look at the scripture because the smoke rises out of the pit. It covers the sun and then the locusts come through the smoke. Where is the smoke covering the sun up in the sky? They are not from this planet and they're not coming out of the pit. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I just got pinged here. 
Um, thank you, Lord. All right. Praise God. And thank you, Sister Kimberly. I got it. All right. Praise Jesus. All right. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, also, just so you know, it was May 7th of 2011 that I wrote in an article entitled Hard Times on the Horizon at tribulation-now.org uh, with an actual photograph of the locust from the pit. So it wasn't until about 10 years later that that lady uh, confirmed it. I looked, I did a little bit additional homework and discovered that the actual person that created the model of the locust creature inside the Sigourney Weaver Aliens movies uh, was a person by the name of H. R. Geiger. He was an occultist, and he is also the author of the book Lovecraft's Necromonicon, which is really some, it's got the Baphomet on the front. We're talking super duper deep, dark uh, Satanism. And basically, Geiger is actually kind of well known in the sense that he even made, you know, not only did he create the, the creature, but he publicly came out and told people in interviews that his own um, visions and things that he sees in his dark occult dreams reveal these creatures, and he has an extremely hard time even sleeping ever. Okay, which, of course, you would expect for somebody who's the author of the book, uh, you know, Lovecraft and Necromonicon. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I just wanted to share that with you. I think it's very interesting. Um, I, I have so many confirmations of these things. I, it, to me, it's, it's not even arguable. You know, I, I smile. It's not a mean smile. It's not a snarky smile. It's not an I told you so smile. But I do smile when I hear people who think they've got revelation figured out and they say stuff and I'm like, no, no, it's not even close. <laughs> You know, but, you know, it, it, it's it's uh, I don't want to say it's a blessing and a curse, but it, it's got good. You know, it is really a blessing to be given all this information from the Lord with a margin of error. But um, also, um, you know, what comes with it is a heavy heart. You know, it really does. Now, I'm going to, like I said, I'm just going to scroll through this stuff and see what I run across now. Okay. Now, this goes way, 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 way back uh, to a document that was created called the Blue Planet Project. The Blue Planet Project. Supposedly, it had to do with the Majestic 12 or MJ-12 group, which, um, you know, was appointed as part of the Black Ops to do alien research. Now, it has, they always have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, blah, blah, blah. And here they're talking about plan B. Should the information become public or should the aliens take over the earth? Which, by the way, we know they're coming, right? Because the Bible says so. It says during the day of the Lord, oh, don't even get me going. I could do a whole thing. That ought to be my next one. The next time I do a solo show, it ought to be on the three days of darkness. Because that's easy. to That's going to take hours. And uh, during the three days of darkness, God, that, that is part of the day of the Lord. That's when the alien beings that our Heavenly Father sends to the earth to bring uh, punishment upon the unrighteous. Okay? So Revelation 13. Joel 2, and a fig tree, you know, the stars falling from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind in Revelation 6, 12, all go together, same event, 
It is when Satan is being, the dragon is being cast down to the earth. It even refers to the stars, again, as a metaphor in Revelation 12 to confirm it. One big, nasty alien invasion. All right. So anyway, um, it says this plan, this plan B in this Blue Planet Project, it says this, this plan called for a public announcement that a terrorist group, oh, how familiar is that to us, had entered the United States with an atomic weapon. Wait a minute. That smacks of the whole um, Rachel Baxter dream that she was given uh, entitled, This Event Will Cause World War III and There Will Be No Turning Back. She saw the city of Chicago being nuked from the ground. It all connects magically together. Well, not magically. It's a bad choice of words, but, you know, the harmony is amazing, particularly when you realize that the Blue Planet Project PDF was written something like 15 to 20 years ago or more. So this supposed terrorist group, no doubt probably some kind of weird Russian terrorist group, the way thing. okay, atomic weapon, and it said it would be announced that the terrorists plan to detonate the weapon in a major city. Martial law would be declared, and all persons with implants would be activated by the aliens, fallen angels. That person, in a special case, would be rounded up by magic and yada, yada, this, that, and the other one. And anyone attempted to resist would be arrested and et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting that such an old document would capture and weave together the tapestry of God's prophetic words to warn us. All right. Praise God. All right. And then, and then of course, I've got, uh, I don't even know if, it, if the link even still works. I can try it. Let's see if it does. I doubt it. Yeah, no, it's all gone. Some of this stuff is so old. Uh, but basically, that guy, Greg, what's his name, from The Five, who's got his own show now, he made an off-the-cuff comment on a live The Five show, uh, and he had said something like, well, at least Trump didn't choose any reptilians <laughs> to be on his uh, panel. So a lot of people are familiar with these concepts, uh, you know, a lot more than we actually think. And um, when someone says things in jest, uh, there's a little phrase that goes along, a little witticism. You know, uh, many, I think it, the, the witticism goes like this. Many a true thing has been said in jest. Pretty sure that's how it goes. All right. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but there are reptilian being statues uh, all over the world. Now, I'm not just talking about dragon creatures like you see all over China and all that. I'm talking about full-blown, real reptilian, two-legged, walking around, just like people have reported in the Black Ops facilities, such as the Montauk operation, the Dulce operation. I believe it's level six under Dulce, where they have an entire section there that's huge, where reptilians and greys walk around, and uh, humans aren't really allowed to go back there, because they, because they hate them. They don't... It's not that the humans... They, the entities, the reptilian beings, they hate humans. All right, um, it's to them it's disgusting. I think it's equally as disgusting both ways. But anyway, there is a statue in Peru, okay, uh, that has that is very vivid, um, and um, and it it has of course an you know is vivid uh, statue of a reptilian being, uh, you know. 
it's called uh, the Mojica. It's the Mojica Iguana Man is what they actually call it. So if you wanted to look it up, you can do that. All right, like I said, I'm just going through my reptilian alien show notes. I'm just going to read you little bits and pieces as they kind of bubble up as I scroll my mouse wheel and uh, and just see kind of where it goes. Now, um, hopefully you have heard, I think I played it on the last show, the Bill Deagle clip where he uh, had, uh, you know, met with Hillary Clinton and shook her hand and she said her hand felt like a cold mackerel and um, and then he saw through the Holy Spirit, uh, obviously he has a very uh, pronounced um, spirit of discernment and was able to see that she was a nine-foot Draco reptilian being. Okay, so that's some pretty creepy stuff. We talked an awful lot on the first, you know, part one of this particular topic about how these entities are able to manipulate the quantum mechanics, quantum physics hologram that we're in. Okay, and that so that allows them to manipulate mass shapeshift. The only thing is, in order to be able to look like a human, they must get adrenal chrome. That's why sex magic and um, and um, uh, uh, human sacrifice are the two most pronounced ways to cause the human body to secrete. Uh, adrenaline into the blood, which gives them the necessary... And you're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, here's the thing. In Genesis 2-7, our Heavenly Father breathes the the capital S, if you study your Hebrew, and you know... I, I, now, I don't study. I'm not a Hebrew guy. Okay, but I have people that I, God has brought to me that are Hebrew experts. And it is actually the capital S living soul into the nostrils of Adam. Each one of us that are part of the Edemic bloodline, doesn't include the people that squeak through from the land of Canaan massacre and stuff, that it's none of the blue bloods, they're not included. That's why, you know, people mistakenly think the wheat and the tares is something. No, the wheat and the tares is really letting us know that there are reptilian blue blood creatures that look just like us, okay, all around us, just like in that movie they live, okay? That's real stuff, man. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, L.V. Zapata was on the program many years ago, and he was explaining how he had been taken into the Great Tribulation, and he said that during the Great Tribulation, uh, many of us or many of those here would be living in their housing developments and their subdivisions, and people that they lived beside for years and years would shapeshift back into the reptilian beings that they were, and then they would chase the people through over hill and dale, and they would eat their children and eat them, okay, right in the middle of these parks. And he saw them, these these beings, you know, ripping uh, to shreds humans and eating them, okay? This is some pretty horrible stuff. Like when I tell people that the, the Great Tribulation is to be avoided at all costs, oh, if I had a dime for every single time, some Christian came to me and said, well, I just feel that my calling is to go into the Great Tribulation because I want to help people. And I'm like, no, you want to get your head bit off by a reptilian. 
But anyway, it's a whole other story. God helped them all. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, of course, you've got, you know, the endless uh, information associated. I played for you the audio clip, by the way, of John Keyes, the old uh, way, way, way back. You've got to go through your way back machine. New Zealand, the old New Zealand prime minister. And now he came forward on news. Evidently, there was a lot of to-do. Uh, and he was uh, people were publicly saying he's a reptilian, he's a reptilian. And he actually came forward and said on the news, I assure you, I am not a reptilian. So, um, you know, so we played a lot of these audio clips um, and it, it 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 is a very fascinating thing. Um, oh, oh, it's just amazing. Uh, there's so much of this stuff. I don't know which which I want to play and which I don't. Let me go ahead and see if I can find this one here. Hold on. This is pretty powerful, and it's not, you know, some of this stuff used to be all over the place on the Internet, but over time it just disappears. Okay, so let me see here. Invade planet. Okay. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but, there are scriptures to support this concept. Now, I'm not going to get into reading any of the scriptures. You can go find them on your own. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I said this is a mystery verse in the Bible that no one can reconcile unless we take it literally and assume there are uh, fact forces. Arguably, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, there are in fact forces arguably in spaceships that are and have been attempting to fight over planet heaven. Now, you might say, planet heaven? Folks, again, if I had a dime for every single person that was taken to heaven that saw that it was a planet, very, very, very big one. As a matter of fact, some have said that there's actually a group of planets that ultimately make up the cluster of planets that are protected as part of the heavenly office of God. Now, that does not mean that they are not interdimensional and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, for us to claim that we can understand these dynamics, uh, I think would be a reach, to say the least, okay? But I'm going to go ahead and play you this. This is a guy that used to show up on radio shows many, many, many years ago. And he is talking – now, this is a little snippet about uh, what he – he claimed to be working with NASA for quite some time. He said that he was part of a team that was watching the approach of Nibiru. Now, you might say, well, why is this such an important thing, and what has it got to do with reptilians? I'm going to tell you first. Okay, I had to reach over and hit my light because I like to do these shows in the dark and focus on the... All right, so anyway, I'm going to read once again out of my book, which was miraculous that I got a hold of it because I got one of the last copies that was about $35, and then it went out of print and went to $700. And then people were like, I'll, I'll do anything to get a copy of it. Please go. And I'm like, I'm not going to break the law and copy this book and send it to you. Anyway, so the, entitle, the title of the book is UFOs, Aliens, and Impregnated Women, Extraterrestrials, and God, Sex with Reptilians, Aliens, Motherhood in the Bible, Abductions, and Hybrids by Maximilian de Lafayette. Probably, I would argue that it is bar none the best work the man has ever done. And it weaves biblical concepts into all of the stuff, even though, as best as I can tell, he's not a believer. Now, I'm just going to read this once again. It's the second time I read it, and there's a reason for it. I want to set, set you know, the baseline here. 
Uh, okay, so uh, Alien Type 2, page 67. It says, The Reptilians, a genetics akin to reptiles. These are highly advanced entities, but viewed as being uh, of a negative, hostile, or dangerous disposition since they regard the humans as a totally inferior race. They would perceive us much the way that we would perceive a herd of cattle. And by the way, um, no, nah, I'm not going to get into it, but the term goyim is G-O-Y-I-M is actually a slur referring to those, uh, you know, it, it's it's like cattle. All right. So anyway, it says they are carnivorous in regard to humans. Now, this is where it gets interesting because you got to kind of like translate the intention of the words into reality. Because, again, this the Lafayette would fly around the world and he'd interview these people that had encounters, multiple people, hundreds of them. And then he would compile it, correlate it, and then separate it, catalog it, and create this book. There's a whole big section on the Bible and the hybrids and the land of Canaan and everything and all that kind of stuff. A lot of stuff that Gary Wayne talks about. So anyway, it goes on and says, um, there is supposedly a driven planetoid. Okay, so... It says, or asteroid, eh, inhabited by 30 million of these lizard folks, 30 million, that is to enter our solar system, and it projects possibly in the mid-90s. But you have to remember that God is in control. He knows when the fullness of the Gentiles is brought in, and any anything that has to do with the timeline is in full control of our Heavenly Father. Period. End of story. Yes, can they move in and out of our time and travel through time and manipulate time and Montauk chairs and Syrian beings and all that kind of stuff, you know, the movie Jody Foster contact and all that? There's a lot of truth to that kind of stuff. It's absolutely for real. We need to get, like, Robert uh, Vandrius Mitchell to talk a little bit more about his Montauk experience, although I don't want to traumatize the poor guy. But anyway, it, it says they consider Earth to be their own ancient outpost and would expect to have complete control of the entire planet upon their return. 30 million of these entities. Now, um, when you understand Nibiru and the fact that it's a failed star system and it's got five to seven uh, normal, you know, planets that are, you know, uh, uh, orbiting around it, it's a lot bigger than people think of it as. They, most people just say, oh, it's a failed star, it's a brown dwarf, and that's, that's it. Boom. Nothing else. They don't understand the concept of yellow dwarf star, uh, uh, star systems like ours actually orbiting uh, in a binary star system in an oval or elliptical orbit, like is what is actually happening with the Nibiru Nemesis star system. Call it the destroyer. That's what the Colburn, the Egyptian Colburn text refer to it as. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the way, I think, you know, I think the old um, Sumerian reference of Nibiru uh, handles it quite well. Uh, and, avoids the confusion when you start using a lot of different names for it. But anyway, I'm, there are, it's well known, by the way, that for those who study such things and understand the history of such things, that these entities, this this concept of 30 million lizard folks swarming the earth and all that kind of stuff, when we, you know, get, this is not new news, just letting you know. Now, there's a lot going on out in the universe, and if it is true, and I tend to believe it, that heaven, because there's a scripture, I, I forget which one it is, and I'll see if I have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is a mystery a mystery scripture, Matthew 11, verses 12 through 13. This is just one of those ones 
that Jesus said that nobody ever gets. Those are my favorite scriptures, by the way. I wish I could just like make a necklace of them or something and, you know, and not like look too goofy wearing it. But anyway, I just love scriptures. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I braid them down on little cards and then I laminate them and I carry them with me. And if I, if I ever get up and I'm like, oh, no, I, where are my cards? You know, and then I'm like hunting around and crawling around on the floor because, I, you know, I'm wacky like that. Matthew 11, verse 12 through 13, it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the king kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Bum, bum, bum. I know, right? What's that talking about? Well, this particular Nibiru NASA insider who had a, uh, you know, a nom de plume whenever he would go on the shows, uh, on the radio shows and talk, he talks a little bit about this concept. Let's listen to this. Well, you guys want to hear one that's scary? As I understand, they have located the home world for God himself out in space. And uh, and uh, this may seem like it's really over the top, but as I understand, they are planning to invade it. And so the war in heaven that you've read about entirely may happen because what I've been told is they've located the world where God lives, and uh, anybody that doesn't think there's a God out there that thinks the Bible's a comic book or whatever, don't pay any attention to what I'm saying. But the people that do believe what I'm saying, uh, there's an entire possibility that uh, there may be a war in heaven because there's these Illuminati people that I've talked to say that uh, they have located the planet that God has lived on since day one, and there's an entire galaxy, solar systems of planets where everybody that goes to heaven lives. And apparently they're a pretty nice place, but they are planning to uh, take a raiding party to that planet and try and take over. So, so the you've got to know who their leader is. So I thought that was kind of fascinating because it certainly does line up. But this concept that the wars in heaven are like this moment in time. It happened between September and November. No, it's still going on even today. All right. And you can see them. You can actually see them if you know how to look, where to look, what to type into your search engine. Um, you know, again, Ed, Ed, here's a hint for you. Duck, duck, go. Ed, Grimsley, G-R-I-M-S-L-E-Y, Ed Grimsley, and I don't know, type in uh, UFO Wars or something like that. And hopefully it's some of that stuff is still out there. You'll be able to see the small scout ships. Unfortunately, no motherships. I would really like to see. If you want to see the motherships doing funky stuff, you got to really start digging. I, you know, I, I miss BP oil disaster. Uh, for those of us who have been around a really long time, he was the best in the world at monitoring and collecting imagery from the Stereo A and Stereo B telescopes, space telescopes. And he collected terabytes, I guess, of videos of uh, very, very, very large motherships and um, shooting laser beams at each other, all kinds of stuff. And they siphon uh, the power uh, from – and 
This is a concept, you know, like, for example, from the ISS space station and also from some of the space shuttle missions. Of course, you know, they're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, you know, when and I've seen I've seen the videos uh, where there's like a huge lightning storm. And we know also that volcanoes and, and that type of activity also attracts the scout ships for power. They go and somehow have the ability to siphon power. So electrical storms, um, volcanoes, they're very popular there, but those are the scout ships. The bigger ships, uh, they go over to the sun, and they will actually siphon power uh, from the sun. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, um, uh, I'm not going to – I'm going to skip over some of these. I want to try to – yeah, a lot of these websites have been taken down. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'm just I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, wow, these are wow, these go back so far into the past. Wow, we Okay, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So let me go ahead and continue. Now, of course, if you want to do some more looking into some of the hist- historical information, you can look for what's known as the Ubaid Lizard Men. And that is U B A I D space Lizard Men, one word. Use DuckDuckGo, and you will be able to see the statues that were chiseled and created uh, to honor these all-powerful Sumerian gods. Um, And one of them has a baby lizard or reptilian being suckling its mom's, uh, you know, accoutrement for nourishment. Okay, so they gave birth. This isn't, you know, a lot of people just don't really kind of understand the concept here. We're dealing with actual living, breathing, baby-bearing civilizations. Okay, which, by the way, explains the different species of the uh, reptilian beings, like the Nagas in India versus the ones that were down uh, eating up the uh, Chilean uh, miners versus the ones underneath the Mormon Tabernacle versus the ones under, you know, under L.A. Um, they're different. These are slightly different species of beings. And, and the reason I have studied this quite a bit, and it appears to me, as best as I can tell, that when you use the Sumerian kings list and you go back uh, 400,000 years, which which if you track it back and you you know kind of do a genealogy thing, it, it goes back 400,000 years, and that would be back when the original Sumerian lore started to be written about Enki and all that other all those creepy entities and fallen angelic beings and et cetera, mining for gold, which by the way, they have actually done some digs, some archeological digs in Southern Africa where they feel pretty strongly that these were probably where the Anunnaki civilizations were mining for gold in Southern Africa. And there's entire stories on, you know, coast to coast AM and people who are experts. I think there's some books written on it. I, I didn't want to, it really wasn't all that interesting. What was interesting for me, though, is I wanted to know why so many different, slightly different species of reptilian beings, why were there some, where did they come from? And then it hit me. When you understand that part of the lore, I'll call it lore, Although I believe it's factual information, I just don't know how accurate it is. Um, 
is that they were, in fact, digging for gold. They were, in fact, leaving a dying planet. They were, in fact, absolutely gushing uh, with uh, this planet. This was long before, uh, you know, the 6,000-year period of Adam and Eve and all that kind of stuff. Adam and Eve, they were injected onto this planet. They were, they were in another dimension of glory before, uh, you know, the sin was found in them, and they were... You know, the whole thing was like pushed down. So it was injected onto a planet that was absolutely teeming with life, Lemuria and Atlanta. And there were reptilian, uh, you know, uh, beings that were running these countries. OK, so this is, you know, the, the concept of there being many, many different. Uh, there was up to some estimate uh, seven different civilizations or uh, 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 species of otherworldly beings. As a matter of fact, when you study this stuff with any fervency, you will discover that planet Earth has always been identified by other alien entities, whether they were fallen angels or whether they were considered, you know, what, what some refer to as benevolent species, has always looked at Earth as a way station, a place where they could stop, do repairs to their ships, restock up on food, and, 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 the, and, the, and the tall whites are still doing that even today. To this very day, the tall whites still have sections of uh, military bases out in the West near by uh, uh, Las Vegas, uh, where they stop. They have families and children, and the children want to play, and they go in, and the military people are assigned to go in in downtown Vegas and pick them up clothes and get new clothes, and they always they also get equipment and things you know, uh, that they need to do repairs to their ships before they leave. So the concept of, of Earth being this, like, you know, way station for alien species for billions of years, is, this is, none of this is new. But the ancient Sumerians, uh, I'm sorry, the ancient Anunnaki, when they were digging for gold, they wanted, to, they didn't want to do it themselves, of course, so because they were a ruling class, so they um, would use genetic manipulation, which is all over the artwork in Egypt, et cetera, et cetera, with like little test tubes and all that kind of stuff, you know. So it's not a secret. I mean, they put it right out in front of everybody, even in their uh, hieroglyphics and stuff. And um, so anyway. Uh, so what they did was they dorked around with the DNA to try to make a slave race, okay, to dig the gold faster. But you know what? It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like SpaceX. You know, SpaceX crashed a whole lot of of rockets and blew them up. Not, not because they wanted to, but they were in a hurry to try to, you know, get the funding from NASA and everything and and, and win win the contract. And they did. Uh, but but it's the same deal. You know, they're dorking around with the DNA. Uh, let's see how these guys do. Oh, they didn't work out so well. Then they do it again. They dork around the DNC. So at the end of the day, they ended up with these different species with slight differences, okay? And then they, you know, as time went by and who knows what all happened, you know, eventually went underground. Maybe there was a cataclysm. Who knows? And uh, ultimately, all over the Earth, there are remnant civilizations underground in these tunnels where these beings and different, slightly different reptilian species live. They're offshoots, as far as I can tell, they're offshoots of the original Anunnaki dorking around with the DNA so that they were able to create a proper slave race, which, oh, by the way, explains Neanderthal man. It explains Cro-Magnon man. It explains all these different things that they try to pass off on Darwinism. And, and, and all you got to do is look at the historical information associated with the Anunnaki, and all of a sudden now, surprise, you have an answer for all of these things that none of these other people can come up with a logical answer for. All right, enough said.
All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, here's a good article. Um, I'm trying to squint my eyes and look. It looks like, oh, wow, 2014 this article came out, February 18th of 2014. And this is an actual article. This this was this is uh, from uh, Cryptozoology News. It was published out of Tucson, Arizona, and the headline reads: "Reptilian humanoid startles bikers in the Samoran desert." A group of three mountain bikers reportedly saw a reptilian humanoid last week in the middle of a trail located in the Sonoran Desert. The bicyclists were riding the 24 hours, uh, riding the 24 hours in the Old Pueblo Race Course, a 17-mile trail, when they spotted the creature. It's a tough one," said G. Johnson, 34, a self-described business person from Tucson. It's uh, it is a 24-hour track, so you better come prepared with more than enough food and water. Then goes on to explain this and the other thing, and it says Johnson stated that he and two of his friends were halfway through the track when something terrifying made the group consider canceling the ride. We had been riding for about oh I don't know nine hours, and and we were taking a break every now and then. And Michael said he needed to stop for a minute. They were they turned back. From, uh, it says they were waiting for him to finish when all of a sudden we see this long figure walking on the trail, about six foot tall, thin and. Uh, uh, and with a gait similar to a monkey, and it looked very much like, again, like a reptilian being, according to their testimony. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. All right, so but there's so many more things. I gotta I gotta watch my time because I do want to share some pretty cool stuff that I uncovered when I was digging through some of the books that I have. I have a huge library of all this stuff. Um, and of course, you remember from the first. Um, show, part one, we'll call it, uh, you know, how uh, Shepard Smith, you know, made that off-the-cuff statement, you know, scientists are hypothesizing that if there is an alien invasion, they may very well be, you know, lizard creatures, highly intelligent, he says. And I'm like, um, yeah. Okay, and then, of course, you have Second Ezra 15, verse 28, which, by the way, is included in the 1611 King James Bible, if you have one of the originals before they yanked out the 14 books of the Apocrypha that were already in it. All right, and Second Ezra was one of them, and in Second Ezra 15, verse 28, it says, Behold, a horrible vision and the appearance thereof from the, weak, from the east. Verse 29, it says, Where the nations of the dragons of Arabia shall come out with many chariots, that would be spaceships, and the multitude of them carried as the wind, oh, looky there, they're flying, upon the earth, that all they that hear them may fear and tremble. Hmm. Oh, by the way, that was also confirmed uh, by a prophecy associated, called it was called the Seven Thunders, uh, by God's Healer Seven. As a matter of fact, since I'm talking about it, let me see if I can find it. I probably, the fastest way is to go, um, Seven Thunders. Um, site colon tribulation dash now dot org. Boom. Seven thunders revealed tribulation dash now. Let me bring it over here so it's a little bit easier to read. All right. Ah, that just disappeared on me. There we go. All right. So I'm going to have to kick up the uh, magnification here because I'm getting old. All right, so I quote, you know, the uh, the scriptures from Second Ezra's. Anyway, so um, 
you know, what happened was Sister Barbara was, you know, talking to the Lord Jesus in her kitchen, and she was like, you know, Lord, you know, you, you told us that in the end you would be willing to reveal things that you wouldn't reveal, blah, blah, blah. And she wanted to know about the seven thunders. And then to her surprise, her husband Dan comes running down the stairs and says, honey, honey, the Lord showed me what the seven thunders were. And she flips out because Dan had no idea that she was talking to God and wanted to know what the thunders were. Well, Brother Dan, here are his two prophecies talking about the thunders. Quote, be of great vigilance for the thunders approach. Although the hosts shall lead the battle, the thunders shall follow. Why would it say hosts versus the thunders? Because if you are a host, you are being incarnated. Okay, so there are fallen angelic beings that incarnate into human-like beings, and or they can just be simply in their original host bodies. Okay, this implies strongly that the thunders are potentially more dangerous, more than just a typical host body being. All right, it goes on. It says, Their might shall be apparent to all. Their glory is in my name. Prince of peace I left. God of thunders I shall return. They shall swoop down on their prey like an eagle. They shall enter with a deafening roar. Do you remember Second Esdras? All they, all they that hear them will fear and tremble. They shall enter with a de- deafening roar. Their roar shall pierce the ears of all those who await them. Fire shall spew from their lips. Sounds like a dragon to me. Fear shall enter men's hearts. They shall uh, bl- blind all who look into their presence. All hearts will grow cold. All will look for mercy from them, and none will be found. They have been called to inflict punishment. And they shall not disappoint the Father. Go and read Isaiah 13. It's in there, Joel 2. These are not humans. And anybody who thinks they are or makes the awful mistake of suggesting that it would be the bride of Christ obviously does not get it. As the wind blows, so shall they fly. None shall escape their wrath. Woe to all those who feel their wrath. It would have been better that they had never been born at all. The seven seals have sealed thy fate. Thus saith the Lord, mercy shall be followed by judgment, the crosses of your own making. A couple of days later, Brother Dan gets another one to really kind of put sprinkles on the seven thunders cupcake. And he says, and I quote, I shall not come through water, but by fire. My messenger shall announce my forthcoming. The cries of my children have reached my ears, and they shall be answered, for vengeance is mine. The sea shall hide no more. The time nears when he shall witness the mighty power which I hold in my hands. The wings of the thunders await my command. And who do not follow me, walk down the path of destruction. My angels shall breathe fire on the evildoers. So it sounds like they're fallen angels, doesn't it? The scales of, uh, well, or they could be unfallen angels, because that's what it implies in uh, Isaiah 13, but they could be angelic class. Remember, it's just a class. The term angel just means class. It's like saying a marine. Okay, you get what I'm saying? All right. 
The scales of justice shall weigh heavily on the unforgiven. The mercy has lost its way and shall not be seen again. The fruit of anger is ready to be picked. Woe to the evil as it grasps for error. And there shall be none. The fires of hell shall surround them. What was gained through cunning and deceit shall be no more. The sea shall boil and mountains shall tremble, for my judgment shall be swift and final. Woe to those who look for deliverance, for there shall be none. Shall, uh, shall sight return to those who were blind? The scent of death shall fill the air. Woe to those who bow down to evil. Woe to those who remain unmoved. The fires of hell shall consume them. Woe to the uh, fury that awaits them. The world has not seen, nor shall witness again the fury of my wrath. And you might be like, well, hey, but, you know, it's all really, it's all here in, um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up my uh, my Olive Tree uh, app on my, oh, I don't want to use the NLT, doggone it, hold on a second, because it's all, it's all right here. Oh, let me see if I can pull this up. Better than my phone will be if I can just pull up my Olive Tree right here. Uh, on the app. Yeah, here it comes. Praise God. I got some time. We can cover some more stuff. Maybe I'll do part three. Um, but anyway, let me just go ahead and go with Isaiah 13. Isaiah 13. There we go. Boom. New King James. All right. Very good. Verse two. <clears throat> Lift up a banner. On the high mountain, raise your voice to them, wave your hand that they may enter the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for my anger. Those who rejoice in my exaltation. So God is calling alien beings to come to earth to levy judgment on the unrighteous, and they exalt in serving God. Verse 4, the noise of the multitude of the mountains, like that of many people, but it ain't people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations in outer space, gathered together, the Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. They come from a far country, from the far ends of the heaven. The Hebrew word is shamayim. And if you look it up with an enhanced uh, uh, strongs, it'll say, where the planets orbit goes on to say, the Lord and his weapons of indignation to destroy the whole land, which, by the way, this lines up beautifully with the three days of darkness and the Padre Pio testimony and vision that he was seeing because really bad stuff happens during the three days of darkness. That's why who, if there is anybody, and well, there will be some of God's people on the earth when that happens for the final harvest. I don't want to be here for that. That would be the wheat harvest. Uh, but that's why it says go into your chambers for a little while until the indignation has passed. Well, isn't that interesting that here in Isaiah 13, by the way, that's, uh, that's Isaiah 26, verse 9, 20, I believe it is. Okay, so in Isaiah 13, verse 9, it says, it says, um, it says uh, from the, they come from a far country, from the end of the heaven, the Lord and his weapons of indignation. Now, 
Go over to Isaiah 26, verse 20, and it says, Go into your chambers. Wait a minute. What kind of chambers are those? Oh, it must be a wedding chamber because we're part of the bride of Jesus Christ. We go into our wedding chambers for a little while until the indignation has passed. This is not complicated. Anybody who can read can be able to connect these things together. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, for the day of the Lord is at hand. So we know this is in the day of the Lord, and we know that it occurs in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, 13, 14. It is the same event as the stars falling from the sky as the fig tree shaken by the mighty wind. All right. Wail for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as a destruction from the Almighty. There, therefore, all hands will be limp. Every man's heart will melt. This sounds very much like what Brother Dan was shown. Every man's heart will melt, and they will be afraid. Pangs and sorrows will take hold of them. Okay, but it gets, gets, it gets worse. Their faces will be like flames. Ah, it just goes on. He, and he will destroy its sinners from it, and the stars of the heaven and their constellations will not give their light. There's your three days of darkness. The sun will be darkened. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. It all lines up. It all matches. It all lines up. It all matches. I will punish the world for its evil, it says, and the wicked for their iniquity. I will halt the arrogance of the proud, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make mortal. It, 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 it gets pretty bad. I mean, really, if I kind of fast forward, um, it it says that they're going to ravage your wives and chop your children into pieces. I'll read it to you if you want me to. Verse 14, it shall be as the hunted gazelle and the sheep, uh, and as a sheep that no man takes up. Every man will turn to his own people and everyone will flee to his own land. Everyone who is found will be thrust through. And everyone who is captured will fall by the sword. Their children also will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be plundered and their wives will be ravaged. Now, for those of you out there who like to frequent YouTube and listen to all of the people with tears in their eyes telling you that they're hearing from Jesus and they're telling you that there's going to be a rapture of the innocents, I would call attention to you, Isaiah 13, verse 16. That proves that there is no such thing. And, of course, you have uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 14. It says, uh, I'm doing this from memory. It's, uh, it says, uh, um, uh, the, the uh, unbelieving wife is sanctified by the believing husband, and the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the believing wife. Otherwise, your children would not be holy. But now they are holy. Get it? <sighs> All right, praise God. All right, so here, let me go ahead and, uh, oh, yeah. Let me just scroll in on this one. I think this might be kind of interesting. Oh, this was what I was reading um, on the first uh, episode of this program. With the uh, So I, I talked a little bit about the ancient ones. I talked about the elder gods and how the ancient ones or the Anunnaki were horrifically scared to death of the ancient ones. I pointed out that it's interesting that they call it the ancient ones because they were here eons before the Anunnaki. And, uh, you know, and um, it also says, I mean, the Bible calls our father the ancient of days. I mean, come on, man. This, it, it all just lines up. It is absolutely amazing. 
Okay, then you've got the uh, the little spiel here um, from uh, jwidener.com on the Ar- Ar- – he re- refers to them as the Archons. And, and again, you know, rose by another name, whatever you want. But anyway, it says, regarding the, the reptilians and the greys, quote, Gnostics preached – and by the way, the term Gnostic um, – it, it's just in search of wisdom, and of course, it's a favorite way of people pointing fingers and saying, "Those are the evil Gnostics." Everything that they, you know, they they love to people look at what people do. You know, they call Satan the accuser of the brethren that accuses the brethren both day and night. What do Christians do? They accuse the brethren both day and night. <laughs> Oh, Lord, make us holy. Oh, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Gnostics preached that there was an invasion that occurred around 3,600 B.C. By the way, that's a long time ago. And about 1,600 years before the Nag Hammadi texts were buried. Wow. They wrote that this invasion was like a virus. And, in fact, they were hard-pressed to describe it. The beings that were invading were known as archons. These archons had the ability to duplicate reality to fullest. In other words, they could mess around with mass because we were in a quantum physics hologram. Ha ha. They were jealous of us because we have an existence of some kind, a soul that they do not possess. No, it is the capital S living soul, the spirit of God breathed into each one of us at conception. And the only way they can get any power from it is by drinking blood that has been infused with adrenaline. We call it adrenal chrome. It gives them power. That They want that power. Believe you me. They can soul scalp all day long. They can take people on spaceships and they use some sort of a gizmo or device or whatever, and they can slurp the soul out of the individual and put it into one of their little gray alien-human hybrids and animate it. But they don't have the spirit of God, and they can't get a hold of it to save their lives. As a matter of fact, one of the things that's interesting, and it drives them nuts, is that we, because we are spirit of God, have this interesting characteristic that they are jealous of. It's not one of many. That's known as emotions and love. Those come from our Father. And the Nagamati text describe the archons. It says, one looks like a reptile, a reptilian, and the other looks like an unformed baby or a fetus. That would be a gray. It is partially living and partially non-living and has gray skin and dark, unmoving eyes. The archons are duplicating reality so that when we buy into it, we and all and on. And of course... You've got um, Christine Fitzgerald's testimony. I don't know how many of you have heard it. Probably a lot of us. Maybe not. But Christine Fitzgerald was actually the very best friend of uh, Princess Diana. We used to hang out together, you know, go party, whatever. And Diana was freaked. The reason why she ran for it was because she saw them shape-shifting. She saw them turn into lizards, creatures, reptilians inside the House of Windsor. And, of course, she would go and tell her friend, Christine Fitzgerald, oh, my God, oh, my God, you, sh- you should have seen what I saw. Oh, my gosh. And she's totally freaking out. Anyway, so this is what F- Christine Fitzgerald wrote. <clears throat> 
Quote, the queen mother, now that's a serious piece of wizardry. And by the way, I won't name the name of the person, but there is a person who is part of the Seven Mountains group out there that's really, really liked an awful lot. And she came out and told everybody that the queen of England, that she saw her in heaven. And I was like, huh? But anyway, I'll say Quote, the queen mother is a lot older than people think. To be honest, the royal family hasn't died for a really long time. They have just metamorphosed. It's sort of like cloning, but in a different way. They take pieces of flesh, rebuild the body. By the way, you will see this inside the movie Starman with Jeff Bridges. If you haven't watched it, you do not understand the fundamentals. Starman with Jeff Bridges. Must watch. All right, it goes on. It says, they take pieces of flesh and rebuild the body from one little bit. Because it's a lizard and because it's cold-blooded, it's much easier for them to do uh, than that Frankenstein crap uh, that, that, that is used for us. But the different bodies are, are just different electrical vibrations, and they, have, uh, they, they understand that secret. They've got the secret of microcurrents uh, and, uh, that are specific in radio waves that actually create the bodies. These are the energies that I work with when I'm doing healing. So she must have been in some creepy stuff herself. goes on to say, they know the vibration of life, and because they are cold-blooded, they are reptiles, they have no wish to make Earth the perfect harmony that it could be to heal the Earth, yada, yada, blah, blah, yada, yada, blah, blah. And then it goes on, they look like reptiles originally, but they look like us when they get out now, uh, though the electrical vibration, that life key I talked about, um, can manifest uh, – them how they want to all the real knowledge has been taken and shredded and put back in another way the queen mother is the chief code of the of all of europe and and they go on and you know she goes on to explain all these creepy things and stuff and she talks about it but basically she goes on to explain you know the concept of shape shifting uh, fear is their food uh, they, you know they, you know which which basically is what i've already covered with the adrenal chrome all right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, let me take a look at some of these other. So much information. My goodness. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I'm going to skip that. Skip that. Sorry. I'm uh, Serpent races collective or hide mind. Where's that coming from? Book of Revelation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I do point out here in this one little snippet that in revelation 17 12 through 14 i find it's very interesting the 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings who have received no kingdom as yet now all stop let's put a little bit of thought power into what this is saying never mind that the draco reptilians have horns okay oh i'm sure that's just a coincidence but all these folks that have come before us many of which I have studied under and love very much and miss, would point to 10 different regions of the earth, and they would say that these are 10 leaders of the earth. I do not agree with that at all. It's very clear. It says the 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings. You've got to understand that when God is talking about these different races of beings and such, he's, these are civilizations. They're kings and, and civilizations and all that kind of stuff. You know, to him, it's just these are just beings that he's created in different parts of the, 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 the cosmos. But it, listen, it gives it away. It says right here, they are 10 kings who have received no kingdom as yet. 
that cancels out any theory that is associated with them being a leader on the earth because they've received no kingdom yet. All right? But they receive authority for one hour. That's a metaphor for the Great Tribulation times, times, half a time, 42 lines, 3.5 years, or, you know, I mean, it's the period of the Great Tribulation. But they receive authority for one hour, the period of the Great Tribulation, as kings with who? The beast. Obama. Take me to your leader. These beings are going to come from outer space. They are going to be lizard creatures. And then Obama, who will be the incarnation of Satan himself, okay, will welcome them and appoint them power over the earth. All right. Well, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here, let me see. Anunnaki, Anunnaki royal bloodlines. Anunnaki royal leadership. Um, I don't know. It, it says right here, uh, it's from a book that I have, Masters of Knowledge, Atlantis and Lemuria, the Ten Priest Kings. We just talked about the Ten Kings. I'm going to read this little snippet from the book here. It says, from a secret manipulation and from the secret society web I call the Illuminati. As hum- humanity interbred, the traits of the, um, of the Anunnaki were diffused into the overall gene pool of the human race. But certain bloodlines were specifically seeded by the Anunnaki royal leadership to be their front men and women who would rule humanity on their behalf. Can you say European Union... Can you say these creepy entities and whatever they are that are running New Zealand and running Australia and running all these places? Here it is. Right here it is. Front men and women who would rule humanity on behalf of their agenda, the accounts reveal. This is the reason for the obsessive interbreeding of the ruling families over thousands of years. The Sumerian text called these Anunnaki royal bloodlines the um, Abgal, A-B-G-A-L, also known as the Masters of Knowledge and the seven elders, and they apparently back, listen to this, this is mind-blowing, and they apparently go back to ten priest kings before the deluge. Atlantis and Lemuria, in other words, they were depicted like in fish-like bodies, and Enki himself, and blah, 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 and it goes on and on and on. But here it is, ten priest kings before the flood. Well, gee whiz, I go to Revelation seventeen twelve and I see the ten horns, which you saw, are ten kings, which have no kingdom as yet. Why don't they have a kingdom as yet? Why don't they have a kingdom as yet? Because they just arrived on planet Earth. They need the beast to give them authority. Ten of them. stuff is like super cool. Praise God. It's all right here. It all lines up. But when you know the foundational stuff and you start reading some of these other texts, it's absolutely amazing. I can see that we're coming down to the last 15 minutes. The Testament of Reuben says, for they change themselves into the shape of men. Therefore flee. And this is out, out of the uh, Nagamati Codices. This is out of, uh, I think the Testament of Reuben might have been one, one of the ones from... Uh, 
the Dead Sea Scrolls. But anyway, uh, therefore, flee fornication, my children, and command your wives and your daughters not to adorn their heads and their faces, because every woman who acts deceitfully in these things uh, hath reserved everlasting punishment for thus. They alert the watchers before the flood, and as these continually beheld them, they fell into desire for one another, and they conceived the act in their mind and changed themselves into the shape of men. They shapeshifted. And the women having their minds toward the app, uh, apparitions gave birth to giants, for the watchers appeared to them as reaching even unto the heaven. The book of Jubilee says, For in those days the angels of the Lord descended upon the earth, and those who are named the watchers. Okay, but these are fallen watchers. Keep that in mind. Testament of Amaron, right out of the Dead Sea Scrolls, says, I saw watchers in my vision, and I asked them, You! Who are you? And they answered and said, We have been made masters and rule over the sons of men. Lord, reptilian overlords. I raised my eyes and I saw one of them. His looks were frightening like those of a viper. Just like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It doesn't have that there, but it, I, I, think, I think we could put a you know little subtitle citation thing. Um, it just keeps on going. Uh, the Sahih Hadith, okay, the Sahih Hadith is an ancient writing, and it says snakes are the forms of the transmutations of the shape of the jinn, the reptilians. Jesus, you bunch of vipers and serpents. Wonder what he saw. Makes you wonder, don't you? Kind of like wow. Now it's all starting to make sense. Um, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, an old ancient uh, uh, Egyptian writing. It goes on and says, uh, Speak, I of ancient Atlantis. Speak of the days of the kingdoms of the shadows. Speak of the coming of the children of the shadows. Out of the great deep they were called by the wisdom of the earth man, called for the purpose of gaining great power. Far in the past, before Atlantis existed, men uh, there were who delved into dark darkness, using dark magic, called up beings from the great deep below us. Forth came they into this cycle. Formless they were. Another vibration. There's a little bit of Christine Fitzgerald action there. Uh, existing unseen, by the way, if you understand quantum physics, all of the particles vibrate. It, it's all part of the hologram deal. Existing unseen by the children of Earthmen, only through blood could they form being. Only through man could they live in the world by drinking their blood. It says, it says, but at times they appeared among men. I, when the blood was offered, forth came they to dwell amongst men. Serpent-headed they were, appearing to man as amongst men. They crept into their councils, taking form like men. Kind of like what's going on all over the world, like that movie They Live. It's pretty amazing. All of it matches. The harmony is unbelievable. I have a... I've embedded the story of the Chilean mine disaster. <laughs> oh, by the way, just so you know, I went and confirmed that. I dug up all kinds of, oh, I just, I, you know, I went down and I was pulling up all kinds of periodicals and newspapers from South America. Had to have some translated. Because I was looking for confirmation. I figured that if NASA was really running the show for the, the Los 33 Chilean, you know, mine, mine folks, the collapse, you know, all that. 
that it would be all over the newspapers in South America. And guess what? It was. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, again, um, absolutely amazing stuff. Um, there's a little bit of discussion about um, – let me see here. This is talking about – let me see here. Let me see if this is it. Okay. So this is talking about the 25,000-year-old civilization of the lizard people underneath Los Angeles. And it was printed in uh, TerrenceImSalem-News.com was the actual uh, location at the time, but it's probably no longer there. It says, L.A. graffiti art sprayed painted on the wall downtown L.A. above the reported underground tunnels. Uh, then it says that this article was done by Matt Glazener. It says, long before Los Angeles existed, long before the Spaniards built missions along the western coastline, and long before any Europeans set eyes on the Pacific Ocean from the western shores of America, the lizard people roamed the land, both above and below the earth. The lizard people built a maze of intricate tunnels deep underground. Their subterranean passageways lay far beneath the earth for thousands of years until the tunnels were accidentally discovered in 1933 by a Californian engineer named G. Warren Shufelt. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, they used to put this stuff in the in the main newspapers all the time. People would just sit around, you know, having their scrambled eggs in the morning going, wow, look, they got the lizard people and stuff all over Los Angeles. Look at this, honey. Nowadays, you don't, you know, you don't, you know, all this kind of stuff is, is like deeply, deeply hidden. I mean, they still got the, uh, the, uh, um, the Vatican Library locked up. You got to have like, you know, special credentials and I I think like like 500 like Pfizer shots or something like that to get in there. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, um, let me see what this has to say here. Mm, okay. I'll read this to you because I do have the time. Um, and then we are coming to the end of my reptilian alien show notes document, which signifies the end of the program. Hallelujah. Um, uh, but uh, but I will read this little thing. This is from Alex Collier defending sacred ground. Now, I will once again call back to your recollection this amazing <laughs> And I got to find it. Hold on a second. Oh, DBDBD, please tell me that's there it is. Royalty. Royalty, royalty, royalty. Okay, so hold on. All right. So, again, from that book I told you from uh, Maximilian de Lafayette, I'm going to read this to you again. Now, you got to understand, there's always a margin of error. So, you know, Alex Collier is going to believe what he believes because of what he was told. You know, if he doesn't have a biblical foundation, if he doesn't understand the stuff that we've been blessed to understand, then he would believe slight twists to what he was being told that um, have the underpinnings of truth woven into them. But the final conclusion or some of the details may be a little off kilter. It's up to us with our understanding of the Holy Bible and such to be able to piece all of that stuff together. All right. So, again, he's talking about uh, Alex Collier in his book, Defending Sacred Ground. So right away, 
And by the way, according to Robert Vandreas Mitchell, the CIA, and I'm talking about super deep, 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 deep black ops, deep slate projects, Montauk level stuff. They are watching. They keep their eye on Collier. I don't even know if he's still alive. But evidently, the information that Collier brought forward in his book, Defending Secret Ground, was so accurate that it became a threat to those who were trying to keep this information under taps. Okay, But on page 99 of my book here, Collier is quoted as saying – these and he's talking about the different um he's talking about the the different uh they call it the human experiment of co- of course that would be a distortion of the reality now now I, I i covered a lot of the foundational stuff on the prior show you know like let us create them in our image those were creator gods and it had nothing to do with adam and eve all right so anyway um he goes on he says These include, he's talking about the human experiment, these include reptilian, gray, Anunnaki races described earlier, as well as those races in this second group, which Collier describes as benevolent, that we, human beings, as a product of extraterrestrial genetic manipulation, all stop, let us create them in our image. Now, were those minor gods, those minor creator gods that came to the earth? Were they from here? Would they be considered otherworldly, maybe? Did God say that he took the dust of the earth to make us? Seems like so to me. So with a very, very, just look at the words. That we are possessors of a vast gene pool consisting of many different racial memory banks also consisting of at least 22 different races. Because of our genetic heritage and because we are spirit, the benevolent extraterrestrial races actually view us as being royalty in the universe of beings. First Peter 2.9, we are a royal priesthood. Wow. That says a lot, doesn't it? You know, when you can study something for over a decade, deep dive into books that God gave you, obviously, miraculously, and do hundreds and hundreds of shows, be blessed by being able to talk to uh, Dr. Jerry Lee for probably more than 100 hours, a physicist and a Hebrew expert who has read all of the Apocrypha, all of the Pseudo-Epigrapha, all of the Nagamati codices, uh, all of that, and spend untold hours with him on the phone and having him explain things that the Lord had shown him over his whole life. So you imagine someone being like advanced and then imagine being like 10 times more advanced. That's what Dr. Jerry Lee was like. Now, you know, did I comprehend everything that he tried to share with me perfectly? That would be ridiculous. There's no way. There's a lot of stuff he talks about in his book, um, The Chronicles Before Genesis or something like that. And boy, that stuff's so far over my head. I can't even, I mean, it's amazing. But he does talk about the the uh, the uh, locust creatures being a convoluted creation of Lucifer. 
And he does say that they fly around in spaceships out in outer space, known as Ziffs, C-I-F-F-S. Yeah. So, it's just amazing. But um, I'm looking at four minutes. I don't know if that's enough to... um, let me see how many pages this is. It's only two, so I'll close with this little writing here. It's it's an excerpt from Alex Collier defending sacred ground. Why would it be sacred ground? Because a royal priesthood is being raised up through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that contains the spirit of the living God resides here. Collier writes, the Draconians and the Patal, the Alpha Draconians, a reptilian race composed of master geneticists that tinker with life, which from their perspective exists as a natural resource. Draconians look at life forms which they have created or altered as a natural resource. Apparently, the Alpha Draconians created the primate race that was first brought to Mars and then to Earth. The primate race was tinkered with by many other different races, 21 other races resulting in the primate race having been modified 22 times. This primate race eventually became Homo sapien, who we not, not think about Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, all those different you get where I'm going. Yes, we have to have 12 strands of DNA. 10 strands were taken out by a group from Orion in order to control us and hold us back. Why would they want to hold us back? The reason that the Orion wanted to hold us back was because they found out that we were on a soul level Again, according to the Andromedans, we humans are part of a group of energies that they know of from the Pal Tau or whatever that is. And so so it gets into kind of weird, lofty things that I believe are absolutely embedded with falsehoods uh, that he really just didn't have the basis biblically to be able to sort through and understand. But again, this, this kind of circles back to that concept of us being royalty in the universe of beings. And again, I will close with this one thought, very, very important. In the ancient books about, you know, Enki and all that, the ancient Sumerian writings, you find a part where Enki himself was flying around in a spaceship, and he came upon a group of humans that he referred to as civilized man. Now, naturally, being the lion-fallen creature that he was, went back and told everybody that he fathered them, which was a lie, because if you listen to his entire testimony, it was clear that he did not. He stumbled across them, and he thought it was amazing because they had the ability to speak. They had the ability to farm. He called them civilized man. Where did they come from? Well, when the Garden of Eden Eden fell, it was dropped right down on this planet, teeming with life from all over the universe. That's where they came from. And it makes for an amazing anthology, amazing understanding of so many things that otherwise, there's no way you can put it all together. It's pretty exciting. Margin of error? I don't know what it is, but there's got to be one. I pray in the name of Jesus you are all blessed by this program, and maybe we'll do something similar in the near future. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight is the Sunday, February the 26th, and we will see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. 
Lord willing. Thank you for your prayers. I'm praying for you too.
For they shall see my glory. 